Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Artist Notepad. Um, today, David and I are going to have a really good, open and, and honest discussion with each other. And I do not want to hold you guys up from that at all. I just said, said do really weirdly. Sorry, it's very late at night. I'm trying to finish this off, but I've just finished editing the episode. Don't know why I'm telling you guys that either. But basically, there's a, um, a section where the audio has dropped out on my end. Um, so that's my fault. Apologies for that. Uh, we managed to patch it up by using some of the zoom audio so it doesn't sound as good as nice as you usually get the silky tones from the artist notepad but um it will do and i really didn't want to miss out on a very um i, I think probably the most intimate moment that david and i have had on the podcast ever so um i really didn't want to miss that and we couldn't re-record it it just wouldn't have, have been the same so um yeah you'll hear the, the audio quality drop on my end significantly for a little bit it's still very easy to listen to and everything like that it just doesn't as, as i said sound as good as it normally does and then it will revert back to the warm gooey goodness that you guys are well used to so I don't want to hold you up anymore. Um, this is a really delightful episode that I enjoyed um, recording with David, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much. Episode 53 of the Artist Notepad, the DNM Time Capsule, Part 2. Welcome to the Artist Notepad, where we talk artistry, we talk life, and we talk to each other with honesty and vulnerability. I'm Jack. Mm-hmm. And I'm David. Thank you for joining us for the first time in a while to once again step inside the DNM time capsule. But first, Jack, how are you, man? I'm, I'm good, man. You? Were you talking in like cadences there? <laughs> you'd like split up your words into little groups because maybe the whole sentence was too yeah, much to manage it was just little bite-sized bits of the no 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 i was trying to make it more impactful because it's been a hot minute since we've done this and you know i wanted to do it proper but i giggled in well, between i'm, I'm so. glad we didn't undermine the impactfulness by by questioning exactly how you said it but um yeah I, i'm doing i'm doing <laughs> i'm doing all right man i'm interested to see how, yeah. where this episode is going to go how it's going to go um, but I think we should probably just, um, well, first of all, like uh, I'm going to ask you how you are, but I think we should probably address the elephant in the room. Um, it's been a while, yeah, man. hasn't it? But first of all, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's see how you're doing, David. How, 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 how are you doing? <laughs> just get it, just get it out the way. Just get it out of the way. Um, Be nice and quick and we'll crack onto the business. Nah, I've been good, bro. Um, three months of this lockdown business, but you know, being very fortunate to go outside all the time, enjoy the sunshines, go to Newtown, have some great coffee every day. Yeah, man, I'm just mm. living it up, living my living my best life, like that one song. Good to hear, man. Anyways, yeah. Good to hear. So where, where have we been, man? What's been happening? We, we haven't really talked about this before the, the podcast, but I think we should just mm. address it quickly before we go into the DNM time capsule. Um, mm. why, where have we been? It's been some time since we posted our last episode. Mm. Yeah, I think, I guess, I guess we owe it to our, um, five listeners that we have <laughs> <laughs> on the pod. Don't understand. No, 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 Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's at there's least more, more six. Of you guys, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, but just to be real, um, I guess, um, 
we've taken a break and I think we we didn't really announce it on any social media or we didn't really release an episode and it just made it seem like we were going to continue on after our 50th special but yeah it's been three months Mm. now and I guess like yeah if we since we're going to be very vulnerable and very honest in this um, episode um, might as well start now yeah, we just well in my in my words, like how I how I think of it is we just hit a ceiling with the podcast and it just couldn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nah, but for real though, like it was it's just it's just too good. We didn't want to ruin it. Nah, um Yeah, I mean I lost motivation mm. and I think we were both sensing that from each other. Mm. It's just that we we just didn't address address what was happening. And yeah. when we had that conversation on the phone three months ago, I guess we both came to an agreement. Maybe it's good time to just take a break, take a breather, just re- regroup, gather our thoughts and maybe tackle this thing again once we're ready. And yeah, that's where, that's how I see it. Yeah. And, and, and we're not there yet. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're still not sure. Mm what we're planning to do um, with this. Uh, we, we, we want to continue podcasting together because we love doing it together. But um, yeah, we, we do need to take a look at maybe ways that we can innovate and improve, even though <laughs> we said we hit the ceiling. Um, <laughs> we want to keep doing it, but we want it to still be fun and enjoyable for us as well as for you guys. And um, mm. yeah, as David said, we both just really started losing motivation and it was like coming around to sort of the podcast time each week and we had organized nothing. And then it was like last minute trying to throw something together and it just wasn't, um, mm-hmm. yeah, our hearts weren't yeah. in it and we don't want to be delivering you guys an inferior, um, uh, product, I guess. I don't really want to call it that, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, so this episode mm. has just come around because, uh, a year ago from now we did the DNM time capsule and this will be posting, yeah, like pretty much exactly a year from that date. And we had always planned to review these questions that we answered in the DNM time capsule. And um, it popped up in my calendar and I just messaged David and said, let's, you know, do you want to do this? And he said, he said, hell yeah, Jackie boy. And so here we are. Um, but just to give you <laughs> guys a, a quick... That's exactly it, <laughs> how I said exactly, it. Exactly, word for word. But in, in case you guys didn't listen to that first episode... Um, and I'm conscious that um, at some point, I don't know whether like where I will edit it in, but this episode will also be posted on the self-care project. Um, so it will be on both of our podcasts. And that's because I feel like the content that we're going to be talking about in this episode is going to be relevant to that podcast. And I want to be more open with my uh, viewers on the self-care project about my experience with my mental health. And that will um, absolutely be part of what we're going to mm. be talking about today. Um, and I haven't really had an opportunity to share that in the most uh, vulnerable and, and free way so far because I've been doing sort of interview styles and so there's, there's not as much time to, to share my own story. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, for those of you guys who haven't listened to the first DNM time capsule, we basically answer um, six questions. David and I both answer them. The first three, uh, David asked me and I answer first and the second three, uh, you know, four, five, and six. Um, I ask David and David answers first and then I answer. Um, and these questions mm. are designed to sort of really get under the skin 
Um, shout out to Russell Brown, my favorite podcast. Um, sorry, David, it's not the artist notepad. Russell, but um, it, they're, they're designed to yeah really get you <laughs> get get us to open and be become open. Gosh, I can't talk. I'm so out of practice. Um, and just really yeah um be vulnerable with each other and with you guys and David and I. Uh, enjoy these kind of DNMs, deep and meaningful. And the reason why it's called Time Capsule is because we're going to hopefully, even after like, you know, another year, continue to review our answers and how they change. And so, David, today we are going to start after um, each question, we're going to play uh, the snippet of us answering that question, which can go for a little bit of time, like sometimes mm. up to five minutes. Um, and that will be, yeah, we'll play the snippet of what we said in 2020 and then we will answer on how we feel today in 2021 i don't know if i missed anything out david yeah no you you said you explained it perfectly i'm I'm just really excited because like i haven't heard this episode for a year now and i can't remember a single thing i said a year (laughs) ago so this will be exciting maybe a bit like cringy but at the same time like yeah very I don't exciting. think it will be cringe. I actually don't because I, I have listened to it before doing this um, just to get an idea. And okay. I, I don't think it's cringe at all. I think it's very different at times for me and I'm interested how different it will be for you or if it's quite similar. It'll be a bit boring if all of your answers, you're just like, yep, same. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> your turn, Jack. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see how it But yeah, how we, we go. we're going to yeah. try and we're, we're going to crack straight on to this. Um, and I say straight on into this. We've been already recording for eight minutes, so it's not really straight on into it. But we're going to try and um, cover this stuff quickly so that uh, because it's going to take some time <laughs> to, to go through all these different answers, listening to the old versions and the new ones. But David, do you have those questions up right in front of you now? Yes, I do, Jack. All so right. you want me to ask you and then we'll go into it, right? Yeah, the first three questions, right. we'll, we'll start with you. So we'll start with question one and then I will play my answer from a year ago. Sick. This is so cool. <laughs> uh, first question, Jack. How do you feel about yourself right now? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is my answer from one year ago. In this very moment... I feel sad about myself. I, this year has been a very difficult year for me. Um, Last year, towards the end of the year in about September, so it's been over a year since it happened, I had a massive like fall in with my mental well-being. I'd been doing pretty good for a few years. Uni had really helped and coming to the end of my degree, um, well, it was it was just quite a few things happened last year, and basically, um, one one of the the things that sort of broke the camel's back, the straw, um, was just losing a job opportunity that I was going for, which was going to be like quite, um, I guess it was going to be quite life changing for me um, for the next year. And um, given yeah. what went on with COVID, I'm kind of glad that I didn't end up getting it because. It would have been very tough um, in the job that I was going to be getting. Mm. But yeah, I'm sad because I'm not happy with the way that I see myself. And I'm sad because I know that I, I know that I don't view myself in the best way. And as hard as I try, I really struggle to 
see things rationally when it comes to myself. And that's just because of my like struggles with my mental health, my depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, both those things really distort the way that I see things sometimes. And right. Yeah. And I'm sad that like, that I can't see things more clearly at the moment because like there's, there is a part of me that knows that um, the things that I think about myself and the way I treat myself is, is wrong and irrational. Um, but then I still do it. So yeah, I'm, I'm sad about that. And I'm sad just that I, I feel like I've taken a step back with my mental well-being, even though I think I'm sort of at the bottom of a springboard at the moment. And I think that coming back from this particular low, which is, as I said, over 12 months now, um, even though things have are better now than they were 12 months ago. Um, I think that I will have learned a lot from this process. So I'm sad, but I'm also, I, if I try really hard, I can feel a bit of pride about where I am now compared to where I was last September. Um, so yeah, that's mm. my, that's my honest, not particularly happy response about how I feel about myself at the moment. But, wow. um, then again, my mood fluctuates a lot. Right. So if you asked me this, maybe on a day when I had more energy, I might yeah. tell you proud, but also <laughs> sad. But right now it's sad, yeah. but proud. Yeah. Maybe if we had this episode tomorrow. <laughs> and instead of today, Seriously, man. Tonight. Like that's kind of how it is for me at the moment. I just wake up some days and I feel like, okay, I'm doing a bit better this day. And then I wake up another day mm. and for no apparent reason, things just mm-hmm. are way harder that day. So that was my response from one year ago. Um, wow. First of all, I, I, I don't know exactly how we're going to plan to do this, David, whether we're going to sort of comment first on what we think about that or maybe just go straight on into how we've changed. Um, Whatever you want, man. Yeah. Let your mind speak. So I think that... Um, there is a common theme throughout, spoiler alert, throughout the other five questions as well, including this one. And there's a sense of hope um, that things are about to immediately improve. Um, and I think the biggest difference between where I am now and where I was a year ago in terms of how I feel about myself is that I'm actually less hopeful. Um, I feel the same way in terms of, I still feel like I am, um, in a good place in terms of growth, but what I feel this time around is because it's been so much longer. And I think that I was hoping that in a year's time, I'd be in a much better place, but in reality, I'm just unpacking, um, and I've been unpacking just so much stuff beneath the surface that it just hasn't been dealt with. And, and often I'm not even aware of. And so it's easy for me to say, oh, I'll be better in 12 months, you know, if I'm just dealing with what I'm dealing with now. But the problem is that I overcome one hill and then I realize, oh shit, there was another one. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's the, the reason why I, I'm finding it harder to be hopeful these days is because it just doesn't seem like it's getting significantly better. Um, it, it just feels like it's just one thing after another and I'll have a good period, but it's always followed eventually by a tough period. And I've had one of the toughest periods 
than I've had in such a long time um, happen recently. And thankfully, I'm sort of out the other side, although it's still lingering some days, but pretty much I'm completely out the other side of that. And thank God for that because it was just horrible. Um, and it's just really difficult because I, I never know when these things are going to come. Like um, when you don't know what is even being triggered, like you can't work out what's triggering it. If, if that makes it like you can't plan to not mm. be triggered by something mm. that you don't know there is a trigger for. Like I, I don't know until suddenly I hear someone say something and, I, and it calls back a, a childhood memory and I go, oh, great, more trauma. And like, I, I'd say that lightheartedly, but it, it is really the case is that I've, I feel like I keep uncovering more and more things. And I'm like, that's another thing that like clearly hurt me as a child, which I've never really given the attention that it, that it deserved. And because I just wasn't aware of the impact of that thing. Um, and so how I feel about myself right now, um, in this very moment, as I began the, the answer is, um, I probably feel like I'm stronger than I felt a year ago because I've had to go through more. Um, and the fact that I just continue bouncing back, like, um, but like, I don't necessarily have any optimism about that strength because if all I'm using my strength for is fighting back, like it's kind of just like, um, you know, you struggle to find hope and you struggle to find purpose in a fight, which feels like you're just swimming against the tide to stay in one place as opposed to actually get somewhere. Um, and I know I'm getting somewhere, but I can't really tell from this micro view. You can only really see it from the macro view when you zoom out and you look where you were and where you are now and you go, wow, I have come a long way. But, you know, between the days, the weeks, the months, it doesn't necessarily feel like a lot of progress. Um, and so, mm. yeah, I, I'm not in the, I haven't been in the best place, particularly towards the um, the last sort of, uh, four or five weeks of lockdown for some reason, they've just really started getting to me. And I've heard a few people say similar things, which is interesting that there seems to be like a collective shift in consciousness regarding the lockdown in the last sort of five, six weeks. And I, I'm, I'd be interested to hear maybe your thoughts on that, David, but a, a lot of people seem to be all of a sudden really struggling. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why, but it's, yeah, it's just been, like I think everyone has their moment where COVID begins to affect them a lot and that's definitely happened to me. I've just felt very disconnected from people over the last um, sort of six to eight weeks and I've been doing my best to reach out to people and, and have calls and chat to my friends and, and everything. But um, yeah, like I will um, later on probably get mm. into some more optimistic parts about where I am now and there certainly is like some big stuff to be excited about in my life. Um, but there's also, you know, things that I'm having to battle against every day and it's just exhausting, you know, having to wake up and you'd be like, oh, great. Like I feel like I don't want to get out of bed for no apparent reason. Like, um, and it's just, I think the lack of reason is part of the most frustrating bit. It's just like, why do I have to deal with this when there's nothing that seems to be wrong? You know, it's just incredibly frustrating, um, the debilitating nature of mental illness, but that's where I am now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe David, I don't know if, if we want to sort of have a a response bit, a short response bit to each one of our questions. I'm not really sure. What do you think? Mm. Well, I think it's cool to have the response mm. portion as well, but I think 
I don't know, with everything that you've shared so far, it's it's just like your reflection of how it's been or how you are right now. And I guess it's like you reflecting the past year as well and having those expectations and uh, things that you're dealing with today that you weren't necessarily dealing with a year ago. So, um, I don't know. I guess my response is from how I see you and how, uh, how it's been off the pod, um, you seem a lot stronger. That's something I can definitely like agree on is you seem, yeah, I've, I've, I felt the sense of you seemed a lot more hopeful for like better days to come. Of course, we weren't catching up like week by week, mm. day by day. So I, got to admit, I don't know it has, how it has everything sort of been else. In, in the, not as a result of the lack of podcasts, but in that period of time where we haven't been podcasting, so where we haven't been catching up as much, that has, has been the point where yeah. that hope has started to fizzle away a little bit. But um, I definitely mm. do feel stronger. That's for sure. I feel like I'm... Yeah, I, I feel like the strength is coming more from a, a sense of acceptance rather than control, um, mm. Mm. and I I hope that will serve me well in the long run. Yeah, but David, you will, man. it is you, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, bro. I appreciate that. Um, it, it's time for me to ask you the very same question: How do you feel about yourself right now? And this is your response from one year ago. I think I, if I might like, because I like to, or I do see myself as my worst critic, um, the critic side kind of sees like not good enough, Mm. but the optimistic kind of attitude and posture I normally tend to have makes me go, I'm doing good. Mm. The reason why I say that is like, well, I'm happy is because each day that I see is like an opportunity to um, grow into the person that I want to be. And the mistakes that I make help me learn from them and better myself. So in one sense, I think, man, I'm like, man, I'm such a, I'm so lacking in um, how I want to be actually seen or how I want to be to others. Um but in one sense, it's like, I feel like if I look at 2020 as a whole year, I think it's one of the biggest years in terms of like maturing as a person, mm. especially in like the relationships that really matter, you know, like within the family or close relationships, the opportunities to that I had to have convers- like meaningful conversations with people and also just think about my next few steps into becoming a a grown-up, a man, like a adult. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm starting sure. to think that a lot more because like you had it um, last year probably, but I'm starting to have that more now because like my student life is now coming to an end mm. for, for AIM. So yeah, I say, I'd say that I feel quite good um, mixed with like I can do better. I think that's mm. just like the like continual um, wants of self-improvement. I don't feel like I'll ever reach the po- a point where I'll be like, yeah, I've, I've made it now. <laughs> but it's just, I'm always going to be this way. It's like, I'm doing better. I'm doing good. I've learned from that. But 
it's it, been that way for a while i think that's just like how i'm wired i think is oh. it so david that was your response from a year ago wow wow <laughs> i think um i agree with a lot of things that i said a year ago <laughs> um but to expand or like to speak on like where i'm at now i think hmm yeah i think um i've learned to accept um days that i don't have or days that i have that are not good mm. and i'm able to reflect in a more honest view honest look at myself i question like why i actually felt that way why i did the things that i did why I, um you know like what came out of my mouth but i think the thing that stayed the same is the optimism to have like each day like i might sleep or i haven't like i might go to bed um with the thought of man today sucked or you know like man like what's what's wrong like that kind of thought as i go to bed but i pray that the next day that um god gives me um it'll be one that is better more fruitful one that is um yeah has a positive uh light to it i guess depending on the people that i interact with uh the workplace the conversations how i can you know serve people like it's interesting because the workplace that i'm at now campus it's all hospitality and i love hospitality i love helping people i love you know serving people good stuff and i have giving them quality service and i think it's linked with my work so uh tightly now it's like it's almost like one thing it's not not to say that work is my life because i'm not a workaholic like i enjoy the every everything else in between but it's like the the more i do better at work um or like the more i can improve in my um work and the more i can improve in like how i perform in like the attitude i bring and things like that um yeah it's like nicely really like it's really nicely knit if that makes sense so i think how do i feel about myself right now um honestly i'm okay i wouldn't say like oh i'm good i'm i'm doing good like i wouldn't like tell myself that but i'm like i can do better I can do better. Let's do better. So, yeah. What exactly do you want to do better in? Um, I always thought of, of myself as like a great people person, but I think um in the past year I've faced um more hurdles with closer relationships as much as it's improved so much i think maybe lockdown plays a part in it but to be able to communicate and to help uh people that i care about there were a lot more moments where i felt like i couldn't do much for them than me being useful 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. But this is purely for like the ones that are really close to me. Um, I don't know. Like I feel, I'm a, I think I learned more that I'm a type of person if people that I care for um, are struggling, then I tend to struggle too. Yeah. yeah. And if the people that I really love and that I care for, they're doing well, that makes me, that drives me to a better mood or I feel better and I feel empowered. But mm. yeah. So I guess I just want to grow in that sense, but also, yeah, I'm still figuring it out. I'm like, I want to do, be doing better. I want to be, you know, more helpful to others, but I'm not sure how, and that's where I'm at right now. So that's why I think if I look at myself in where I want to be and how I feel about where I'm at right now, I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I guess we'll go on to question two. Yeah. Let's go. Question two. What are some things you've learned about yourself? Perhaps think about your values, your mass, your leadership. Okay. Yeah. This is my answer from a year ago. So, so much, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> like never, I never stop learning about myself and about the world around me and how I interpret and mm. interact it. Um, I've learned that that I'm not lazy. Yeah. I just need inspiration. And I think I already knew that, but I thought that my inspiration would forever just remain attached to creative things like music and stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily, it actually attaches itself to excuse me it attaches itself to um to work when it's the right work for me when it it attaches itself to um intellectual topics when the the things that stimulate me um things that i see as valuable and i think as my values change um i'm able to apply myself more in areas where i used to struggle um mm. like academics for example um I've learned that that my story has a validity to it, but that it's not special. And what I mean by that is that I used to see my own struggle as some like super unique thing that no one could relate to. And I've learned that just because a lot of people can relate to my story doesn't make it any less valid or any less important. But it's not some like real special story that like is so like unheard of. You know, I used to sort of almost isolate my own story so that I, I could feel like it was, I don't know. I don't know why I, I got, I got a kick out of the, the, the thought that, um, I had had more hardships than other people, I think, um, which is just so not the mm -hmm. case. And a lot of people suffer, but that doesn't make my suffering any less, um, valid. It, it just means that it's not some like special thing that I can, um, that no one else would understand. And what that has done is that has allowed me to take off a lot of my masks. Once I realized how many other people were going through similar things to me, it made it so much easier for me to take off those masks and just be open about what I'm talking about now, about my mental health, about my insecurities, about my flaws and not feel 
a shame about them because I know that I'm not the only one. And I know that the only people who would shame me for these things are people who are deeply insecure themselves. Um, and mm. that gives me a sense of confidence when it comes to telling my story and talking about my mental health openly now that I do that. Um, and yeah, I guess what I've learned is that it's acceptable for me to be broken um, because everyone is in their own way. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned that I can think of at the moment. Like, as I said, I've learned so many things, but I think that particular lesson that it's okay to be broken is mm. it like flows into all different avenues of my life. And it has like influenced so many things, so many relationships, so many um, opportunities. And yeah, it's helped me find mm. a much more comfortable place of humility as opposed to a self-deprecating humility um, of just like ripping into myself all the time, which I still do too much, but I've eased up on that now because I understand mm. how small I am, um, mm. which ironically has given me more peace than thinking that I'm more important than I actually was. Mm. Interesting. And there is a little bit extra as well. Um, that I will play because I found when I skipped forward that there was a little bit more. So here it is. I, I, I forgot. There's sure. another lesson that's kind of related that you reminded me of. Um, mm. And that is that I've learned that my wounds are sacred. And what I mean by that is that they're not for everyone. And there was a time where mm. anyone who would listen, I would tell them all about everything that I was struggling with and how... Like, and I would even like over embellish things. I'd exaggerate things and like mm. try and like tell as many people about how tough I was having it almost as a sense of like, look how strong I am that I have to deal with this and give me sympathy, give me affection, give me attention. And what I've learned is that not everyone, not deserves, that sounds really self-righteous, but I guess. Not everyone you need to. Oh, yeah. yeah, what it's mm. like it's like what we we had a conversation a long time ago. I think it was a healthy relationships episode, David, when you talked about yeah. how some people are allowed in certain rooms in your house and mm. others are not. Like, and mm. and I think that for me, like I used to just show people to my you know my basement so early. It would be like I would invite you into my house, yeah, I'd give yeah, you a yeah. tour, and go to the living room, and then go straight. To yeah, the exactly, room, exactly. And, <laughs> basement, yeah. And like the, my living room was all really nice and welcoming and mysterious, and then the the basement was just a mess, and I would just chuck people <laughs> in there and be like, "What do you think of that?" <laughs> um, and I've learnt that like uh. that that basement is sacred, and yes, it's a bit messy, but. Um, it feels a lot more mm. ordered when I view it as sacred, but not self-defining. And that there's so much to me that people can know without having to know all my struggles. And that doesn't mean that I don't mm. tell anyone. It just means that I'm more careful with who I tell. Not because I'm scared of what people will do with the information, but it's more how I view the information. That that information isn't for everyone. Yeah, It's a really sacred wound that not everyone gets to share. Mm. And once I started viewing my wounds as sacred, um, I think it became, I think I found it easier to feel ownership of them 
like it's like I took ownership of them as opposed to just flinging them around everywhere. Um, and yeah. it also meant that when I shared them with people, they could really appreciate them as opposed to just like going around telling people you just met about your mental health and stuff. And like, I, I will, I'll do that if it comes up, you know, like if someone, but I, but I won't go into heaps of detail, but I'm now a lot more open about the fact like, Yes, I, I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast that could live on the other side of the world, they would know that I struggle with my mental health. Um, that's not something that I think is defining, yeah. but it is an important part about me right now. So I do, like, I do share that, but I don't go into depth about everything with everyone um, unless I feel like that person sure. really needs it or if I feel like that person is close enough with me that I want to share that with them because it's a really intimate mm. experience to to go into depth about those things. So yeah, that's the other thing I've learned that my wounds are sacred yeah. and they're not for everybody. So that was the rest. Wow. Sorry, that was such a long excerpt there. Um, that's all right. Yeah. This is a really interesting Where one. Where are you at today? Man? Yeah. So, so yeah. just, just to repeat, the question is what are some things you've learned about yourself, but perhaps think about your values, your masks, your leadership. Um, Yeah, well, there's a lot to go off there. The thing, like the thing that I mentioned there about recognizing that my story isn't like super unique. Like, obviously, it's my story and it's special and everything, but it's not like any more special than anyone else's. You know, it's it's not like unheard of. You know, I think that that is one of the most important discoveries that I've made in terms of my mental health. And it sounds so obvious, I know, but like I used to carry that like a like with pride that like I'd suffered more than other people. And it's like such a, I don't know. It's such a narcissistic way of thinking, I think. Um, and I know I need to be careful the way I use that term. Um, but like, <laughs> I'm really glad that, that that's not something that I do anymore. Um, in terms of the wounds being sacred, like I still feel the same way. Um, I, I, what I will say though is I'm not sure I quite realized back then um, the difference between open wounds and closed wounds because when your wound is closed, you know, when, when it's like a scar, you're able to show it and feel a sense of pride and and there's no there's not as much shame because you can say, well, I'm I'm not there anymore, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm. I've gotten past that, you know, it's still, you know, it's still there on me. It's still a scar and it still affects me, but it doesn't define me. As I said, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm more than just my wounds, you know, when you are in the midst of those wounds, when those wounds are still open, that is such a more intimate process of, of showing and telling about those wounds. And it is nowhere near as easy to not feel shame about them when you are in the midst of that struggle, you know, when you're talking to someone about, oh, you know, like the last few years, you know, I, I really struggled with my mental health, but I'm in such a better place right now. Like you can sit there and you can open up and you can tell your story and it's just like, mm -hmm. wow, you've come so far. It's so different to be like, for the last year, I've been in a really bad place and I'm still there. And, and I, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have any answers. This is where I'm at right now. And like, that's a, that takes so much more guts, man. That takes so much more 
um, confidence in your own yeah. story to to take someone down into the trenches with you and say, I am here right now. You know, th- this isn't where I was. You know, we're not going back to a museum to look at these are the things I struggled with and everyone goes, wow, look at that. Like we're here right now. Mm. And that's, that's such a different experience to bring someone there with you. And I, I think I never really understood that because I always felt like I was over the hill. I always felt like that's where I was, but I'm in a better place now and I'm on top of it. And at least for a while now, I haven't felt on top of it. You know, I haven't felt in chaos. I haven't felt completely out of control, but I most definitely wouldn't look at my situation and and show people and be like, this is where I was because this is where I am. This is where I am right now. And it's so different to talk to people about how I'm thinking how about myself, about my current situation. It's so much more intimate. It's so much more, um, I don't want to say shameful, but it's subject to more shame when you're in that place now because someone can judge you and, and you can't say, well, I'm not there anymore because you are. Um. Mm. and that that that's just a whole different board game ball game and um i didn't get that i didn't get that a year ago and so that's what i realized about myself is that i find it much much harder to talk about this stuff when i feel like i'm in it rather than when i feel like i am out of it yeah. um and maybe like once again I might, I might keep saying things throughout this podcast which is just like duh but like you know i'm th- this is me like i've i nah, i'm man. someone who i think yeah. You know, like I think I have a pretty good understanding of, of some things, but then there's some areas where I just have complete blind spots for. And that's partly because of this this brain that I was born with and that has grown in in great ways sometimes, but in other times in, in detrimental ways. Um, and yeah, so what, I, what I've learned about my values is I think that they will never change. Uh, I really do believe that at this point in my life, I don't see my values changing. I, I see the way that I interact with them changing, but I just think that they're just so immovable. And that's something that I do pride myself in is not just my loyalty to people, but my loyalty to my beliefs. Like I don't, I don't just like, what's like, I, I, f- I always feel driven to be true to my values. And I feel like I have to live a life that reflects my values and I, and in that sense, it, it really helps me just not be fake, like to be a real, real guy all the time. And I, I value that so much about myself, you know, and you won't hear me say that often. You won't hear me point out something about myself and say, I really value it. But that is one thing that even when I'm really struggling, you know, like I can still say that my values don't change, even when the way I view the world, the way everything changes when I'm in a dark place. But one thing that doesn't change is my values. Um, and maybe mm. I don't live out them as best when I'm down in a bad place, but, you, but I can tell you for a fact, they are still there. And if you touch them in the right place, then you will see them and you will feel them and you'll know that I'm still like loyalty is still there. Honesty is still there. Like all these things that I value so much, they, they are retained. Um, and so, yeah, I, I suppose I've learned that I, I just don't think like, even if I wanted to, I'd be able to shift those things. Um, another thing that I've learned is that I don't know myself as well as I think I do. Um, and I don't know as much as I think I do. And I, I learn that all the time. I'm always learning that. And so a year from now, I'll say the same thing. But um, I feel like I am almost learning 
what I don't know faster than I'm learning what I do know. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's just insane. Yeah. And like, um, I, I was thinking about this when I was listening to myself. Cause as I said, like I sound very, I feel like to me listening back to a year ago, I sound very confident with everything I'm saying. Um, and I, I don't feel as confident about analyzing exactly what I'm going through. And that could be a number of reasons. It could be because, as I said, I'm in the trenches now as opposed to coming out of them. It could also be because I've just gotten things wrong enough that I've finally just <laughs> learned that I don't always need to speak with confidence. You know, like when things change so much, I just keep looking like an idiot. <laughs> um, it could also be because I'm actually more confident. And so I don't feel the need to speak with confidence because I have that confidence within myself. And I, I honestly couldn't tell you which of those is true. Um, uh, and I think that's part of what I'm exactly what I'm talking about now is that um, I think I'm less, I think I'm slower to make assertions about what is and what isn't um, and more willing to take a passenger seat approach to, to life. Um, not completely out of control, not pretending that I am in control at the same time, it does not make it easier. Like pe some people say that once you do that, once you accept you're not in control, it becomes easier. It's not easier. But I think that the the pain passes quicker, quicker when things go wrong um, because you don't have that shock of like, how could this happen? And it's just like, it's obvious how it could happen, man. It's life. Like you don't have control at all. Like literally we could have mm. an electronic storm come through my area tomorrow, wipe out all my technology. I could be out of technology for a week. Like that, that could really detriment the way like my mental health operates for that week. And there's nothing that I could do to stop that. And that's just one example. It could be anything. Someone could, like could, could die that I know someone really close to me could die. And there's nothing that I can do about that. And it's not willing these things to happen. It's just saying that like, if you think that you have everything in control, I feel like the, it's so much more crushing when things go wrong um, in the, in the long term. Um, I think it's still just as painful, but I feel like you're quicker to be able to move through that, not move on, but move through that pain because you don't have this idea that you had anything to do with it or that you could have done anything to stop it because that's life. It's just pretty chaotic at times. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I can agree with you in so many things that you just shared. Yeah, that's all I want to say. <laughs> like, I don't, don't have to expand on like more. Yeah. Maybe maybe after I hear the answer or yeah, like well, we my might answer see. from like a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. your response from a year ago relates to to what I just said. But here it is. Mm. Myself is... Um, I'm, a, I'm a people lover. I love people. I just love other humans, I think. Mm. And... Sometimes with people that I have extra care for, I go about in the relationship in two ways where A, I think um, I can sometimes put too much pressure to, because I care about the person, I might pinpoint too many of the areas that they might be weak in to try to, I don't want to say try to fix, Maybe that's the best way to put it right now. 
but it's like where it's like you pinpoint places that they need to improve and stuff but it doesn't come from a negative light but it's like out of like wanting to help them but i feel like in one sense it's like uh it can become useful but in another sense it's like a it's like a knife that stabs the other person that's one thing i've learned is like that's one side of the thing of like when i really value someone i tend to do that it's either that or in on my end more on my end i try not to um i try not to burden the other person like the person that i care about with my own struggles i think i'm getting better at doing that i think i it's interesting thing is i think i get that from my mom Mm. my mom has this tendency of like if she has a struggle if she's going through some bad things or um she's just having it tough like she would try her best not to show it to like her children like myself or my sisters or even even her husband where it's like she wants to just get over it and past it and she only talks about it once she's over it kind of thing and i think i kind of have that in me as well but i think i'm getting better at walking with other people to go past a problem or an issue before it's a problem or issue like if i see something going or headed to a direction then i'm able to vocalize it share it and be trust the other person that I value or the friendship or the, you know, our mentor relationship, whatever it might be to be like, Hey, I need your help right now and walk with me through this struggle. And I'm learning to get better at that. But I think many times, one thing I'm seeing more clearer these days or this year was that when I'm really struggling, I try not to burden other people with it. I think it's like, in one sense, it's like to protect the person, other person. But at the same time, there's a bit of like, hmm, I'm not sure if it's fear. I don't know what it is where it's like, I don't want to hurt you with what I'm being hurt with, Mm. if that makes sense. So that's something I've learned about myself where the value I have for others can sometimes be a like a knife that I like poke people with or like hurt people with. Like almost like when you want to guide a horse that you're riding to go the right way, you whip it into form kind of thing. But, mm. and another thing is that I don't want to, you know, um, share my disease or poison with the person that's next to me where it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm using the right words, but... I think you can get what I'm I know what you mean. Yeah. Like getting it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that's, I guess that hits the masks, like my mask of like not sharing my burden. Yeah. Um, in terms of leadership, I'm not, sh- I'm not entirely sure what um, that question is kind of implying or this, this side is kind of implying, but. Um, Same. Hmm. Same. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back to that as well, but. Okay. Yeah. And that was your answer. What do you think? Wow. It's really interesting. Because I, 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 I can definitely comment on things that I'm like, I've said in the part, like the past year, I said in the past year. Um, but also I feel like one thing that I'm noticing just from like the conversation 
we had the year before and the one we're having right now is I think we're learning a lot from each other. Yeah? How so? Maybe, maybe, yeah. How so? What maybe, do you mean by that? Maybe, I don't know. Um, I feel like um, a lot of the deep conversations we've been having in the past year, whether it be in like the podcasts or right after the podcast when we had talks and stuff, <laughs> um, like your re- reflective um, like tendencies, skills, skills and tendencies, that's really rubbed off on me. Mm. in terms of like how I look at myself and me questioning how I'm doing and stuff like that. And yeah, I feel like things that, things that maybe I reflected on, um, we, we share it. We just word it differently. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's something that I've got just from listening back to both our responses. Um, I don't know if you agree. What do you, what do you think? That's how what I about the other way. What do you think about that? Like things that I've gained from you. What do you think? Um, it's a harder question to ask because you don't want to. Yeah, because say that. But yeah, because I don't want to. I, I yeah. just but like have a go. Like because I, I I agree with you in principle, but I'm also struggling to think of examples. Like I think maybe the reflection, but then I also feel like maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit there because I think you are reflective but maybe that reflection is now present in more of your life than it was as mm. opposed to just particular elements of your life i think maybe it's um it's yeah maybe a little bit more universal but in terms of what you've brought to me um i think like maybe it's just mm. just general joy like just trying to accept the little things and and enjoy them instead of yeah um, that's that's the like I was I was looking at the word optimism. Mm, that's yeah, what exactly. I was looking at. Like yeah, I, I think I've always been. Joy is like, I think I've always actually had optimism, but optimism kind of points towards the future. But um, mm. joy is more to, to to do with the present. And I know that like being mm. around you, it's very clear that like when you're in that really free space that you can be in, and um, yeah, I think maybe envy has turned to. Um, respects and then turn to a natural absorption of that on my behalf. Um, but yeah, anyway, well, let's, let's yeah. focus on the question. So um, what have you learned about your key relationships with others, with parents, with siblings? Oh, sorry, wrong question. Sorry. What are some things you've learned about yourself? Perhaps think about your values, <laughs> your masks, your leadership. Yeah. Um, and maybe just like I comment on what I, you said as well. Yeah. Um, I've definitely, from what I shared about like the people loving thing, I think that's stayed the same. Um, yeah. The points of like being able to share more of my struggles and troubles, getting better at that. I think I can agree that I've gotten better. Mm. Yeah. So I have, I have um, uh, brothers in the church, friends that, a friend that I live with right now mm. that I'm able to have these conversations with. It's like, and it's always like, it's not forced unless I'm like, you know, they have, they would have no idea unless I actually reach out and be like, Hey, like I'm really struggling right now. Like, can we talk or like, can we, you know, like, can we pray? Like mm-hmm. if it's, if it's, um, with a Christian brother, but yeah, I can, like, I'm quite happy to, um, 
be sitting here after a year and I'm like, yeah, I am making improvements. I don't think I'm like fully there when I, where I can be, you know, like your analogy of like your wounds, like going, being able to share your wounds with people while you have them. Like that, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Like I'm getting better at doing that where I'm sharing my wounds, but like, I'm not like completely naked and like, you know, <laughs> look at all these wounds. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not like that, but <laughs> I am getting better. <laughs> um, what, what have I learned? Um, can can I just that, sorry, quickly before you move on? Cause yeah. in terms of something else, cause you, you also mentioned right at the start of that answer, about feeling like you maybe uh, yeah. uh, sort of you're trying to help people with their weaknesses, but you you end up like maybe dwelling a bit too much on them or making them feel bad about their weaknesses. You said you t- you did that at the start. Do you feel like that's changed? Do you feel like you do that more or less or the same? Mm. Um, it has changed. <laughs> Good. Thank you for like reminding me because I went completely like skip. Feel past free to that do one. it to me as well because there's a lot in these questions and it's easy to miss out. Yeah, it. man. There's so much. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I've learned to hold my tongue better. Mm. So I don't give people things that would fix them or like I'm like you have to do this, you have to do that um, when it's not what they're looking for at that time. So I think I've gotten better at just uh, speaking what needs to be spoken at the right time. I think I'm better at gauging that. And the way I speak to those people that are um, hurt at the time or those people that are, you know, can't see an issue that they're having and why they're going through something, like the way I speak like communicate that to a person is has become a lot more gentler and more I think accepting yeah that's something I've realized um yeah because I think sometimes like as I said a year ago it could be really sharp words that I could be using but um yeah I'm able to control that a lot better so it's not like a knife but more like a yeah, cup of coffee. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit more soothing sure. and something that's more pleasant where it's like, you know, it is going to help the person. Um, yeah. Mm. But I think what I've learned is that there's always a time and place for the right things to be or time and place for things to be done. Um, yeah. Does that? Yeah. I think that answered the question. Can you maybe just explain that, what you just said there a little bit more? There's always a time and place for things to be done. Um, whether it be an action, like to approach a person, like, cause like I'm speaking in like um, circumstances where a person that I care for, or like I really care about who is in a bad place, but they don't know them themselves versus another person who might be sharing so much with me, but you know, like they are keep asking me why, or like just been sharing all these things, but I just don't say anything and I just listen. Um, or maybe, you know, um, I see someone struggling that I don't really have a relationship with, but I still want to reach out to them. Mm. 
And like, I don't know, I, I feel like I've gotten better at gauging when is the right time to approach right, right. a person. Now, yeah. yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, my heart for people has grown more. I guess it's not only about people that I'm close to, but it's people that might be even strangers. Mm. So just real quick, like in the past couple months before lockdown happened, I uh, went on a short inland trip with my church to Dubbo. And then we were around the street, just like talking to locals, trying to invite them over to a convention and stuff like that. And then I met a friend, uh, made, I made a friend on the street and I've been talking to him for the past three months. Mm. Like, and he's a much older gentleman. He's like 60, wow. late sixties. And he's an Aussie bloke. Like he, yeah. So it's like someone that I would have never had a relationship <laughs> yeah, with yeah, yeah. if I've never went there. So I, I like, I value that a lot. So I'm like, mm. there is a time and place. And because my faith, um, which is my value, I guess the, those are like where my values lie. My faith shapes who I am. Like, I really truly believe that the time that I spent in Dubbo for like the few days that I was there and the relationship that I've uh, formed with um, Sean, that's his name. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's meaningful, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Anyways, awesome. um, I can go down a rabbit hole, so I'll just I'm stop. sure there'll be other um, questions to, to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. There's so much more, yeah, so yeah, like, is, I don't want to waste too much time. Right. Um, but real quick, like I've learned in the past year, I care a lot more about what people think about me than I used to believe mm. or used to know. Mm. So the reason why I say that is I think I'm a very um, free spirit type of person <laughs> in some ways, but lately I've been feeling like maybe I care a bit too much about how a person, like a new person would perceive mm. me and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's just, I think I'm still figuring that out and like, like where's this coming from type of thing? Is it because I'm growing up? Am I more conscious of my actions? Is that the result of why I feel this way? And yeah, I'm still figuring that out, but it's something that I've noticed and I'm like, wow, like it doesn't feel like me, but maybe it's something that I just, I was just blind to mm. or I, I think it's something that maybe, uh -huh. and and I feel exactly the same way. I've discovered that in the last year that I do care more as well about what people think. But I think it's something that a lot of people just kid themselves that they don't. Like it's part of our very nature mm. to care about what people think about us. And it's one thing to care about it. It's another thing to let it define how you act and like end up acting like someone who's not yourself. And right, neither right. of us really do that. Yeah. But maybe we would emphasize certain parts of ourselves to fit into a particular crowd. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like it's just a really a way of socially engineering your situation. And as long as it's not entering a place of like, this isn't me or this isn't David anymore. Like, as long as it's still you, but you're just mm. like, well, this is the part of me that I think is best suited for this situation. As long as it's not because you love that part of you anymore or you don't love other parts of yourself. Mm. I think it. I think it's just really natural for people to just 
you know, change the way they act. I mean, like I always use this example, like the relationship you have with your parents is never going to be the relationship you have with a partner or with a friend or with your kids. Like they're all going to be different yeah. and you interact differently with those people. And it's not because you're being fake with one of them or the other. It's just because different relationships mm. bring different parts of yourself out of you. And so does different social situations. So, um, yeah, right. I, that's something that I probably should have mentioned in terms of what I've learned about myself. Definitely like bang on that david like same thing in the last year yeah yeah i can i can like relate with this like every like so many things you shared as mm. well like but yeah that's that's one thing um what else was the questions <laughs> um, <laughs> i keep forgetting now uh your mask your leadership your values your mask your leadership um yeah. your va- yeah your values your mask yeah so my values um yeah, my faith defines who I am. And, but I take a lot of pride into that because it's like, yeah, as you said, I don't think my values will ever change. Like my faith in God and the God of the Bible, it shapes um, how I treat others, how I think, how I make decisions and all these things. And at the same time, it's like a constant day or like constant um what is it can't think of the word day by day it's just a, a journey it's a battle to uh get better in the sense of like i accept and i know that everyone's imperfect every single person in this world is broken and imperfect but as someone who has faith in God and the hopes of, um, you know, the future, like having a hopeful future, I think it's like, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I see each day as like a gift as a, as a, you know, yeah, like a new day. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, (laughs) but just to say like, (laughs) I don't know, like, um, yeah, my value really shapes who I am. Yeah. I think that's they're the same. My masks, I don't know if I have any. I think like the, it, it goes back to the values like or like the, I don't know, maybe it's tied in with what I just shared about like learning about myself, yeah, like yeah. like caring, caring about how people think about me. But like I try to stay true to who I am like everywhere I go, like I wouldn't be any different to how I'm speaking with you right now to, you know, where, how I'm at, how I am at work or how I, how I am with, um, you know, close homies or mm. friends or whatever. So, yeah, but I guess I wear different hats. Maybe mask isn't the right um, word. I would like to think hats. So you look kind of different or like it's situational. You might wear a formal hat, you might wear a playful hat, yeah. you know, a party hat, you know, but the, I don't think I hide my, yeah, face or how, how I really am. Um, leadership, it's tied with my like people loving nature. I think like, I guess I can speak on like uh, church leadership. Um, I lead a group of uh young adults people my age some a little bit older but it's like um i want people all to get along i think i i have value a, a big sense of like um 
community, trust, and like openness. I value those things a lot. So I just want people to really belong and feel like, you know, they're a part. And that's a really big part of it. Even though I might be lacking in a lot of different areas in terms of leadership, like organizing um, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, because I try to take everyone to be a part of like, you know, everyone plays a role. Like we fill each other's gaps, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But not too sure if that applied to the question. But no, it does. Yeah, that's, it does. Yeah. that's that. Yeah. All right. Question three. What have you learned about your key relationship with others, with parents, siblings, and extended family? Uh, with friends? God. This is my answer from one year ago. I think I've learned how to be a better friend in the sense that when I do good things for my friends, I think... I think I always did it because I cared, but I think there was a significant part of me that did it because I wanted to come across well. Um, mm. And I wanted to just look good in the friendship, I guess. Um, mm. And that, that's still the case to some extent, but I think it is for everyone to some extent um, because we care about the the opinions of our friends, obviously. So we want we want to look good. We want to be admired by our friends, um, but I yeah. think I've, I think I've gotten better at just serving my friends in general and like providing the sort of relationship that they need, even when it's tough for me. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> when it comes to my relationship with Amelia, um, I. I've learned to trust more, I think. I think I, I've learned to stop asking what if, because if you continue to ask what if all the time when it comes to relationships, then I feel like you begin to become dissatisfied because you're mm. always imagining this could be better. And I think for a long time, it wasn't a fear of commitment necessarily. It was... I guess it was, but it was fear of commitment because I thought, is this the person who I want to spend the rest of my life with? And once I started, once I stopped asking that question and I started asking the question of, am I happy with this person? And the answer was consistently yes. Then mm -hmm. the first question became a lot clearer to me. And mm -hmm. that's why I'm still in the relationship. Um, yeah. I don't really have doubts over my relationship anymore. That's beautiful. Um, because yeah. I'm not always asking so who could I be with that would be better or not, not that I actually never asked that, but like more like, is this really the person? Like, is this perfect? Is this the one? And the problem is you never know whether <laughs> the person is the one because you haven't dated every mm. person out there. Um, <laughs> so like you never know. Um, That's a lot of persons. Yeah. <laughs> and... I think once I stopped uh, like making comparisons to some idealized version of what my life was going to be. And that's not like an idealized wife or an idealized family. It's just an idealized life. Then I just began to appreciate what I had a lot more. Um, so that's what I learned with that. Another thing I learned with my friendships was that whilst I was allowing people into my life, in terms of information. So I felt like I was sharing a lot because I was telling people a lot about what I was feeling, but 
but I wasn't showing them and I wasn't allowing them to hold that feeling as well. And mm. um, one of my friends, uh, Peter, actually, David, you know Peter. Um, well, yeah, I know Peter. Um, he, he said it to me one time when we were talking about this. He said, you never fully let people in. That's what he said to me. And I, like that really shook me. And at first I was like angry because I was just like, yes, I do. Like I'm very open. Um, but the more mm. like it just kept playing on my mind and the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I let people in to my brain, but I don't let people into my heart. Um, not mm. all the way. And once I once I sort of came to that understanding, I'd, I started working on empathy with my friends and all my relationships started to improve to some extent. Um Mm. So that's what I've learned. In terms of my family, um, I don't think I, I don't think this is the the place or the time to have that conversation. Um, I'm still processing, sure. and mm. if there were things that I was going to talk about, um, then I would, I would go to my family about them, um, and now is not the time nor the place for that so um yeah yeah i have i have learned right. things about my family mm. that's not me being closed it's actually me just being respectful to them and not like airing any mm. dirty laundry on on a broadcast um because mm. yeah there's still things that are being processed there for sure um with mm. god <sighs> I've learned many things about God and I still know nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> constantly changing, constantly changing. That, that one's too, I've learned a lot and I've also unlearned, unlearned a lot. So, um, yeah. I think the most valuable lesson I've learned about God in my life is that he's not um, some cold authoritative figure. Um, mm. and that if I was to have a relationship with him, it would be a friendship rather than a, um, mm. like an employee, <laughs> employer relationship. Yeah. Um, that's, that's probably what I learned the most about God. Um, that's good. Yeah. Sorry. I feel like that that's wasn't a, a particularly one. good answer to that question, but, um, I'll let you have a stab at it. It's a pretty hard one to answer. So that was my response. <laughs> mm. um, there's, a, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, so I, I wrote a couple of notes down while I was listening because I thought it would just be easier to do it like this. So here I go. Um, in terms of relationships, so I'll just repeat the question. I see that might be easier. What have you learned about your key relationships with others, with parents, siblings, and extended family, with friends, and with God? So I'll go in the same order as I did when I answered that question. Um, relationships in general feel a lot harder to me now than they used to. Um, it used to come much more second nature for me to reach out to people. Now I feel like it needs to be more of a conscious effort. One thing that I've also learned about myself, which I meant to mention um, for question one, is that I am just becoming more and more of an introvert as my life goes on. I used to be like really extroverted and I'm just becoming more and more introverted as yeah, as time goes on. And so when it comes to reaching out to people, especially during lockdown, like, and, and it could be, that could be really all that it is. And it might be a bit unfair to be judging myself on this when we're in lockdown, but 
I just find it so hard to stay in touch with people. I feel like it takes so much energy out of me. And I feel like I'm doing something that I never used to do, which is leaving people on read. Like people will send me a message and I won't read it for a couple of days just because I don't have the energy to engage. And I just like, I feel really bad about it because I know I said that I always stay true to my values, but that is sort of like a mini value that I have, which I'm kind of letting myself down on. Um, I hate it when people do that to me and I'm starting to do it to other people. And yeah, it's... Mm relationships are hard man they're hard to maintain yeah and and i feel like as i'm getting older it it takes more effort which i thought it would be the opposite i thought it would be it would take less effort to maintain relationships as i get older but now i feel like i just drift apart from people so easily and i don't want to but i just find that my close friends list just is getting smaller and smaller and i know that's kind of natural yeah, there's some people who I've really lost touch with that I don't want to, but it comes a time where it goes, it, like so much time has passed, it feels strange just to pop up out of nowhere and just be like, hey, how are you going, you know? Um, so that's one thing that I've learned about my relationships is that they're hard to maintain. They really are. Um, in terms of letting people in fully, which I referenced there, I still definitely struggle to do it. Um, and... One thing that I was thinking about, David, was that like you, you sort of talked about um, about your ability to let people in and how you've gotten better. And I do think it's a shame that like we don't probably let each other in as much as we could do. Like I feel like we mm. we don't keep it surface level, but we kind of do exactly what I was talking about, about there's a point where it's just like it's more telling about things rather than letting each other feel them. And I feel like we've only like we haven't really had very vulnerable conversations with each other very often um, that aren't on a podcast. <laughs> and mm, and like, it's, it's something mm, that I, mm. I, I hope will change in our relationship. I hope that we, and to be honest, it's not just between you and me, man. It's between me and all my guy friends. Like I, I'm, I do this with all my guy friends. I I find it easier to, to, and even with like my friends who are girls, like there's only one who I've ever really done it with. Um, and even then it's rare. Um, and it's cause it's, it's, it's not a conscious thing for me to, to not let it get to that depth because I just have so many subconscious barriers in there that like, for example, I really struggle to cry. Like when, because crying is like a way of releasing tension and releasing stress. Um, and that's been proven physically uh, that it does that. Um, and like a lot of men, you know, I've grown up and at some point I learned that it was that I wasn't supposed to cry at some point in my life. I learned that and it's just really stopped me from being able to cry easily. And it's like, I need to just get to the brink of like, I just, far out like I've just got nothing left before eventually I can just let those tears come out and boy when it rains it pours like there's no Mm. kind of just like like I know people who just can just just like that just (laughs) come into tears yeah and it's not that violent it's just sort of the eyes well up and tears roll down the cheeks and they can just constantly sort of refresh themselves like that and you know I used to sort of like look down on people like that probably because of as I said these beliefs that I picked up over my life that you shouldn't cry easily and stuff like that it's a sign of weakness it's so good for you and it's so healthy and I just have these barriers there which 
stop me from getting to that stage. And I feel like it's the same with conversation and vulnerability with people. I can get to a really deep point, but there comes a point, even like my experience in therapy, like I've, I've gotten teary once in therapy in the, in the whole time I've been there where I'm discussing mm. the things that are supposed to be the hardest things in my life. And I've gotten teary once, like to me, it, like I wish I could cry every therapy session. I'd come out feeling so much more refreshed, but I, I can't like, mm. and the one time I got really close was when we did this imaginative exercise that took me back into a memory and really immersed me in the mind of 12 year old Jack as something like bad was happening to me. Um, and I'm, I managed to begin to feel that kid version of myself and that's when it started to get to me. But e- even then I could feel myself just snapping out of it and not allowing myself to get that deep. Um, and yeah, I feel like I do the same with a lot of my, my, my relationships. I just don't let it get to a certain level. And the only one where I don't feel those barriers at all, actually, well, that's not true. I don't feel those barriers like that is with Amelia. Um, and it is, it's different with Amelia, um, cause I do let her in, but the reason why sometimes I'm hesitant to do it is not because of, um, fear or shame uh, sometimes it is, but generally the reason is I don't want to burden her because she is, you know, like she lives with someone who has a lot going on you know, and has for a long time. And it's tough for her to have to take care of herself as well as take care of me. Um, and, I, and I feel a sense of guilt that she has to look after me sometimes because like, if I'm honest, there are days when it is, I can barely stand up. You know, she's come home before and I've, I just have barely been able to stand because I'm feeling that low. Um, and it doesn't happen often, but to have to be a carer for your partner, that's not that's not something easy to do. And so sometimes I feel like I can't fully be open because I hate that I, I'm so hard to look after. Um, I hate that I have to be looked after sometimes. Um, mm. And I know that that's part of relationships and you look after each other, you know, and I do exactly the same for her, but the difference is regularity. Like it's just so much more regular that she'll have to sort of, you know, make dinner, clean up everything, basically tuck me into bed because I'm just, I'm just Mm. like not functioning. Um, And, you know, she'll have her moments too, but they're so much further in between than mine are like, and like as as wrong as it is, there is a part of me that enjoys it because it's like finally I can do my bit, you know. And it's not just me; it's not just me that has to be the one who's um who needs to be looked after. You know, that's not fun. Um, it's lovely, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful, but it's it, it doesn't feel fair. And so that there is, it's different with her because the only reason why sometimes I struggle to tell her stuff is because I'm trying to look out for her. Even if she would say like, never do that, always just be honest with me. Like I can't help, but sometimes just be like, but feel like a a, a burden. And yeah. And I don't feel that with friends because they don't have to deal with it as much. You know, they don't have to live with me. They can go home afterwards and decompress, you know, they can go home and be like, 
far how that guy he needs a bloody he needs six <laughs> therapists you know like and then they can decompress me right? every time but amelia d- nah. <laughs> amelia doesn't get to do that you know um she goes home and i'm there <laughs> so like yeah um yeah, so and I went on about that for a while, but that's something that's a big deal to me in terms of things I've learned about relationships with others is my ability to confide, not confide, be completely open, not just open with information, but open with my heart, you know, um, and and I struggle to do that. And I'm really trying to do that better. Um, in terms of family, I'm in the same place. You know, I'm not... I, I, I'm not ready and I don't think I'll ever be ready to talk about that on a podcast. You know, it's just, um, it's such a personal thing that I'm still processing. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, I know it's not a satisfying answer, but my answers aren't designed to satisfy anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just your answers. Man. And in terms of God, I have learnt that I need to stop trying to conceptualize God. I need to stop trying to apply an ideology or apply a gender to God. Mm. Like I, I just realize how many subtle little um, concepts are put into a being who by its very nature is beyond what we could ever understand. And that's not to say we know nothing but it's just to say we don't know enough to own God. And I do feel like sometimes the way God is talked about, like when we say, when, when we, even the fact that God is like a, a person, like personified, like to me, that kind of like, if we look at it in the Christian sense, like, and not to get into theology, because David will just roast me, but like um, <laughs> my understanding is like the very reason Jesus came is not not the only reason but one of the reasons is to personify god and so why do we view god as the personification of god like it's god is a is a being but like it, it can't be conceptualized as like I, I hate the way we we say he when we talk about god and some people may think oh you're just being like um you know new age like it like bring down the patriarchy all that stuff but like when it comes to patriarchy, there's totally a point to that. Like, when do we decide God was male? You know, like, um, and I heard in the mass in a mass for the first time the other day, God mentioned as a mother as well as a father, and I appreciated that because, like, I- I'm trying my best now to just cut down the barriers of, like, to to take God out of a box and to just view God as everything as opposed to like in a more like more holistic of like, you know, um, yeah, look, it's really hard to explain. And, and I'm, I'm only beginning to start that, that um, deconstruction yeah. myself, but yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to stop looking at, at God as a, as a thing because it's God is just such a ridiculously gargantuan construct um, that concept, sorry, not construct, um, that I, I don't like the idea that we are creating constructs to put that concept into, um, like the old white man with a beard, mm. you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's, that's my answer to that question. There's a lot there. Um, 
maybe let's not talk about the God thing because I probably even shouldn't have said that because it's so fresh. It's like this is just the last few weeks that mm. I've started thinking about that. So, um, But yeah, David, I don't know if you have any response before um, we play back your your answer from a year ago. Mm. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right. Here it is. Hmm. My relationship with others, um, with others or people, I think the person that I am, I'm always just myself around anyone that I meet. I think depending on the, the age difference or the cultural background of the person, I might slightly adjust just to cater to another person. Um, so in one sense, I think I like to just be the person that um, the other person needs me to be. So I don't really care sometimes. Like it's a bit of a contradiction because it's like I'm always myself. But at the same time, it's like I'm happy being a person that the other person needs me to be. So um, when it comes to relationships with my close friends, I, I see a need of um, broadening my maybe like understanding because I think once I became a Christian and my worldview changed, a lot of um, similarities and places that we overlapped and our, where our friendship really grew and blossomed, I kind of left that behind if that makes sense. So a lot of close friendships that I have with um, a lot of my non-Christian friends are built on years of like loyalty and time spent together. So a part of me has to have a broader understanding and a, um, acceptance of what other people's, people think. And I love that about different relationships that I have because everyone has a different background and uh, worldview and belief in a higher power or maybe they don't believe but yeah so having having like um I, I understood like one thing I learned is um every every person that I hold dear to in terms of friendship like they have different views and it challenges my view on what I believe but also helps me and motivates me to sharpen what my mm. truth is or my view of things are so that if I'm able to share with them my view, um, yeah, it just helps us get, get to a destination where we're able to kind of journey together. And maybe even like I'm able to share my view and they're able to maybe learn something from it or take it as their truth as well. For sure. um, w with my parents, I'm seeing more and more they're getting older and I'm c coming to an age of becoming more and more independent and a, <laughs> a man or an a adult. But I think it's, I'm starting to think how I can take care of them better. Um, in terms of my mom, me and my mom's relationships always been quite good. In my high school years, she's always nagged me and I'm always the one who's like seeing where, why I'm so late or, you know, 20 missed calls kind of relationship. And then now it's more of like a close friendship where it's like, of course, there's still a respect because like she's my mother, <laughs> but it's like 
she understands I'm growing into a adult that understands what life is going to look like. And I respect her as someone who's poured out everything so that I can have a better life than she did. Um, and in terms of my dad, I think so much improvement this year. Yeah. Um, past wounds or past um, hurts that I've had, it always comes up when we have disagreements or mm. arguments with each other. But um, one thing I've really learned is, and it's from the Bible actually, so I understand that I need to respect his word a lot more, is that he like has a design for how things will work better. And the key thing that I learned about my relationship with my parents is I just have to honor them more. So what I mean by when I say that, it's like, yeah, they're my parents. Yeah, they're, you know, older. Yeah, I'm getting older too, so I'm I'm my own person. But they're still my parents at the end of the day. You see all their mistakes, all the things they've done wrong or all the hurts that they've given you. But at the end of the day, he's still my father. He's still yeah. the one who gave me life. Yeah. So when I see my dad and I give him the honor and respect that he deserves as my father. I think we're able to have a, um, yeah, a mutual respectful relationship, especially with the Korean culture. I think it ties a bit deeper in the sense of there's a sense of um, hierarchy and senior seniority that is under a household where it's not authoritative to the point where it's like he's, he's a king, but it's more so like, he's my father so it's like i respect him and his words and even though i disagree with him i still listen and try to learn his perspective and if i show him that honor and that mm. respect then he's able to respond in the right way and he's that's the, just the type of background that he's grown up in so with that understanding i think we've come a long way from um where we used to be so mm. that's a big lesson Siblings, I learned, um, it's so important. I think it's so, so important. And I've been so grateful that I've been spending every Sunday after quarantine eased up a bit to once we started to be able to go out to restaurants and cafes and stuff. I've been spending every Sunday afternoon with my two sisters. Shout out to Joanna and Sharon. But we've been spending every Sunday together, even though we might not talk about things, um, we might just go out and spend some good quality time, have good food, good coffee, um, catch up. Um, also just like share our thoughts on like what is just going on in hmm. each other's lives. We live in the same household. I'm still living under the same roof, but many times we're too busy just living our own lives that we don't slow down to see what the other person's doing. So yeah, I'm really grateful that I'm still under the same roof as them. But the more I think about what it's going to look like in the next few years of me, like potentially moving out, um, which I don't think I've shared with you as well or the listeners, but I'm thinking of moving out in the next year or, year or so. So that's something as well. Um, extended family, um, blood is thicker than water, Jack. And that really speaks like, I think, so what I mean by that is I only have one set of cousins. <laughs> is that the right way to put it? Like I have my, um, uncle, 
and his family living in in Sydney as well. And um, my oldest cousin now has a son and my uncle went through um, um, health problems um, to be precise, like cancer for the last year. Wow. And it's interesting. It's an interesting, like, I'm okay to share this because he's in a much better state now. But he was going through lung cancer and he's never smoked a pack of cigarettes or like one cigarette in his life. So it was just a weird cause. Mm. We don't know what happened and how that happened. But it's an interesting thing where my extended family, there's my uncle who's in a much older state and older part of his life and now there's the next generation of chuns that are coming and it's an interesting thing where i feel like god is kind of showing me you know um family is important and you should be keeping them close and be praying for them praying over their lives and really cherish the time that you can spend with them while they're still here and one one end there's the start of someone's life and my nephew's only a year and a bit old. And then my uncle's like in his mid 60s, early 60s. So he's not that old, but he's like, he's on the latter half. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is he on your mom's side or your dad's side? My dad's side. So it's right. my dad's, he's my dad's um, older brother. But yeah, so he's in a better state now, but he's. <laughs> he's um I, I learned to love him more he's every time we have a family gathering he's like the king of dad jokes and like puns but um that's how we can really sounds connect. like my type of guy <laughs> he's legit i'm the only person laughing in the room everyone else kind of ignores him but he's always ready to have a shot at a dad joke and he's just yeah he's a he's a great guy um but yeah blood is thicker than water kind of thing yeah my relationship with God, um, I learned that when I truly set him at the center of everything that goes around, goes on around my life, everything really just falls into place. Mm. Whether it be relationships with all the other things that I've, um, other areas I've mentioned just like just now, um, my job or my, um, view on how I'm doing. If my relationship with God is in the straight path and I'm with him and I'm walking with him, I feel like everything else is kind of, it just falls into place. Mm. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's just beautiful that way where I live my life for him and I put, um, yeah, my life's purpose into his hands and he takes, he really does take care of the rest. And I've been learning to let go more and more in of control and stuff like that. But yeah, so, that's one thing I've learned. Wow. So that was your that response, was David? Quite the yeah, mouthful. quite a lot there, but um, a lot of good stuff. So what do you think? Just to reiterate, the question well, was, what have you learned about your key relationships with others, with parents, with siblings, and with extended family, with friends? with God I think I agree with everything that I've sh shared a year ago mm. um, things that have what have I learned from um, the past year maybe friendships are so important 
because like I guess um, in Australia, in Sydney, lockdown it seemed like it was finished at the time. Like we're coming to the end of it. But it came Whenever back you for said two like this year. the amount of times last year that you would say, yeah, we're coming out of the end of lockdown and like COVID's coming to an end. And yeah. I would just be like, <laughs> I just stay silent. I wasn't saying anything. And you can, guys, you can go back, yeah. you can listen. And when da- whenever David says that, I always just say nothing. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, <laughs> look, I pray that you're right, bro. But sadly you weren't. Uh, that's that's just me. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you just, you need your, you need your homies um, through this time. Like I think about people who might not have people to talk to or uh, don't have those type of relationships. Those are the people that are like really struggling. Um, so yeah, fr- homies are important. Things that's changed. I have moved out. I was sharing mm. like, oh, I'm thinking of moving out. I have moved out. And it's gone to improve relationships with my relationship with my parents actually today i I met them um at a park around concord just have a picnic i haven't seen them like them two together Mm. like with the family in three months wow yeah so like all together i might have seen like my sister here and there my mom like i might visit the shop but being all together like it was awesome man like we took photos (laughs) we're like having brunch like having sandwiches and that and like yeah like i think like like looking back looking at it now it's we just like i keep talking i kept talking about becoming an adult becoming a man like with my mom's words that she spoke to me today she was like you're not a you're not a child anymore like you're you're your own person you're an adult so like we trust everything that like we trust that you know you'll be on the right path as long as you keep like continuing to walk with God as you are doing. And like, I'm like, man, I am, I'm a, I'm a big boy now, you know? <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, um, made me realize that because I've, I'm a grown up, I need that space from my parents. Mm. And like, that was a big realization. So that like, I remember sharing with you time and time, like, like I wanted to have those, uh, meaningful moments when I do spend time with my parents to be actually one that is, you know, a good one and not filled with like fights and mm. arguments and stuff. And like, praise God, like that's what I was able to uh, go through today or like experience was like just a time of like true joy, just spending, catching up, like hitting jokes here and there. Like my dad, try to do a home haircut and like I was just roasting him I'm like what have you done <laughs> and like yeah man um and God like yeah like you were saying uh, you were sharing earlier about how you know people say it's 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 easier when you realize like you're not in control but you're like you were saying how you know in reality it's not and I think I do agree with you in, um, to a certain extent. But I guess for me, it's like, yeah, I'm not in control. Um, I get to make my own decisions. I make my own choices. But like for me, it's like in the end, yeah, like it truly is God who is in control. Like as I reflect on everything that's happened in the past year, like, yeah, for me, it's a, 
it's a very freeing thing to like as i said a year ago to let go and just trust god um the path that god has set for me is one that is good and i trust him for that and i just want uh, i just need to live faithfully to him and his word but yeah not much has changed mm. things mm. like things have changed but not much has changed all right yeah. well it's come that time in the podcast, David, where we're going to switcheroo and I'm going to ask the questions and you answer mm. first. So question four, uh, what are a couple things that you would like to change about yourself and what directions do you need to ke- take to keep growing? And this is your answer mm-hmm. from one year ago. My head mm. is, first thing is laziness. I think laziness is the biggest um, enemy or friend, enemy and friend that I have for my life where a part of me that needs to a part of me growing up and becoming a man i feel like the first thing i need to kind of really um fight against is laziness i feel like everyone like a lot of people can agree with that not even when it comes to manhood but just growing up as a person it's like the first thing i want to really change and work on about myself is my laziness my excuses the amount of time i waste or spend resting I like to call resting, which is not necessarily, you know, um, which is good at times, but I overrest a lot of the time and I'll be lying to myself if I say I don't do that. So laziness is first. Um, second thing is I have built up a sense of once I've started to walk with God's words, um, it's been, it's six, sixth year now, was a fifth year sixth year now and um there's a growing sense of self-righteousness that i have where it's so toxic Mm. where i know better i know what is right i know what is good for people i know what you're doing wrong which is so 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 toxic and i just really hate Mm. um and i really want to just cut off from my way of thinking um which is so so funny to me because it's like i'm reading god's word to better myself to be a become a person who loves god with um all my heart mind soul and strength and love others love my neighbor as myself but i'm i'm becoming an expert in pinpointing people's errors while um, being blind to my own so that's something i really want to grow grow in where i'm not blinded blind when it comes to my own mistakes and i'm an expert at pinpointing others mistakes so you're talking about pride yeah man it's it is pride where um yeah where i feel like what i want to grow in is being extra extra gracious is the word i want to use right now is gracious towards others and become extra harsh on myself where it's like you could do better you could one up in in how you can show this person love or charity or um you know patience um but yeah that's me david that was your response from one year ago wow i think some things still need to improve (laughs) (laughs) um i think i could uh yeah, I do. I still still feel a bit lazy, but uh, maybe I'll 
give myself some credit and say I've gotten better at that as well. I feel more okay. organized um, after moving out. I mean, I'm cooking more. I'm taking care of myself more. I'm a bit more uh, considerate or not considerate, a bit more mindful of my health. Um, so improvements there, but definitely I need to get better at not being lazy. Um, I think the self-righteous thing that I was just talking about, I've gotten a lot better at that. Mm. Yeah. The self-righteous attitude and this prideful mindset has definitely decayed. So like, it's really good. I think it's really good. Mm. Um, I could definitely still improve, but... Um, yeah, I think you're still pretty up yourself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. It's very... Um, <laughs> Just joking. No, you uh, definitely have improved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, not much there. Um, wait, sorry, so I didn't mean to break up your groove. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, terms it, it's of, interesting. When, yeah. when you talk about um, being harsh on yourself, like to me, like I just get major red flags when I hear you say like, oh, I need to be more hard on myself because like... For me, I have like the opposite problem. Um, like I, I need to always be easier on myself. And so I guess mm. like just a word of warning with that is be careful you don't take that too far because it's much easier to sort of get a little bit more tough on yourself than it is to become less tough on yourself. Um, so yeah, that's the only mm. thing. Whenever I hear you say that, I always think, yeah, I just get a red flag because in my head, whenever I hear stuff like that, I have to like watch out for it. So yeah, just be careful with that one. Yeah, I think um, it was a poor choice of words on my end. So mm. maybe tough on yourself isn't the right word. Is um, like, because Sierra was just like talking about, like I pinpoint the mistakes that people make and I like, you know, very corrective type of attitude. Yeah. I think um, a better way I could have worded it is like be more reflective on how um, I am to others and be mm. be better at being a better person to others than being obsessed with how others can be better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so that. tough I on myself wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the best word, but... Yeah, definitely. Like, even as I was hearing myself speak, I was like, "What are you? Where are you going with this?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, right. <laughs> right. That's okay. what you. That's what you meant." <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, what? What? And then I guess t now a couple things I want to change about myself. What directions do you need to take to keep growing? Um. Oh boy. There's so much, man. But. If it's one thing, um, like earlier I was sharing like how, like early in the, in the questions, I was sharing how I care more about, you know, how other people perceive me. Uh, but I think just having more confidence in who I am. Yeah. Because I, I find that I am confident, but... Maybe be the sense of like caring about what others think is a lack of like, um, I don't like using this word like, but self-love in like who I am, which is very foreign mm. to me, 
right? Because like mm, I, I, I like for the twenty odd years that I've been living, like I love myself, man. But <laughs> but it's like I think like I when cannot I'm, get enough. It yeah. is good to be me. Being David is my my biggest gift I've ever been given. Yeah. To be honest, it's just awesome. No, no, but for real, like <laughs> it's it's so foreign to me. But I guess like reflecting on the reason why I was thinking that way is maybe I I was not liking how I was, and mm. yeah, maybe be more confident in who I am. Like I got my skills, I got my talents, but there's areas that I lack. But that's with everybody, you know, and. You gotta just. I just gotta, you know, accept the fact that maybe there's areas I just gotta get better at. But you know, um, it's not a competition. Like life isn't a competition. You know, it's um, everyone's made uniquely. Everyone's uh, broken. Everyone's imperfect. But you know, like you get to decide how you take on each day. Like that's that's your responsibility. Mm. So yeah, man, that's that's something. Yeah, just to own myself again, I guess, as weird as that sounds. Um, no, man, it's a good answer. Hmm. But. Okay, well, I was, sorry, do you have more? No, no, yeah, how about you? Okay, well, I was, I was going to say, um, let's hear what I had to say mm. one year ago. I don't like the idea of changing myself. I like the growing bit, but. Hmm. But change comes with growth, Jack. That's how mm. I want to yeah, see I it. Yeah, I know. I think I'm just getting a bit too word-focused on this question. But mm. um, I, I have a negative response to this question. It makes me want to say that I wouldn't change anything about myself um, and that I want to just continue on the trajectory of growth that I'm on. But I know that that's kind of missing the point of the question. Mm. What, what am I trying to grow in? I think I'll, I'll put it that way. That makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever um, makes you answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Half an hour later. <laughs> um, I'm trying to grow in my sense of comfort in myself and my sense of comfort in the process of therapy. And I don't mean it healing. That's not therapy, healing. Um, I want to become more... Oh, no, no, it's not healing because it's it's not just healing. It's also about bringing up the wounds. I want to become more comfortable in bringing up things and processing them. Um, mm. I want to build more a more um, rigid belief in myself so that it doesn't get shaken by the smallest things. Um Sure. I guess I want to become more confident in my value and also in my journey um, so mm. that I don't go from like keep fluctuating between feeling like I'm on the right track and then going like, what am I doing with my life? And I, I, I recognize that I'm in a very transitional period of life. And because of that, there isn't much certainty. And that's kind of just how it is going to be at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep it, yeah, it's hard to say because I kind of, it's kind of just keep growing in my value system, basically, 
and my value system comes down to um well it's it's very intertwined with ignatian spirituality which is like generosity um service to others humility compassion honesty things like that um Mm -hmm. a man for others that's what i want to keep continuing to build and to keep like improving myself so that i can in turn serve others to a more effective and efficient extent yeah i don't know i feel like this is a really unsatisfying answer but i just don't like the idea of changing things about like that that question (laughs) feels like i don't know maybe i'm i'm just like working so hard and not picking out the things that i dislike about myself and just trying to focus on the things i like about myself that's something i want to grow on Mm. be able to have more of a positive outlook on myself um, because I, I seem to be able to do that with other people. Although I think David and I were talking just before we started and I acknowledged that there was someone that I'm quite resentful over that we were talking about. Um, and I said, I don't want to be <laughs> resentful of him, but um, uh, he's just done a number of things that have really gotten under my skin. That's grind these gears. Yeah. I find myself resenting him significantly. Um, yeah. And I want to maybe reach more of a balanced state so that I don't just go from like, see the best in person, see the best in the person, see the best in the person. Nothing's good about that person. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I want it to be more of a, like a smooth uh... transition. Cause I really do for a long time, hold on to like all the good things about people for a really long time. And then, eventually it's like you just flick a switch and it's just like no no they they suck (laughs) and um that's too extreme so yeah i'd like to continue to try see the best in people but also that's good (laughs) maybe be more forgiving yeah be more forgiving as well i think that's yeah Uh, once people have really pushed me far enough i i get really like set in my ways like i get quite like because like i'll let people sort of you know, treat me badly for a certain amount of time. But then once they cross a line, which I might like my imaginary line of what's acceptable in a relationship, Mm. um, once they cross that line, it's like they're irredeemable almost. And I don't really like that. That's like, that's like way too high standards to have for other people. Um, We're all human. And yeah, I want to get better at forgiveness. 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 So I would like to grow in. That's something that maybe I'm not, focusing enough on at the moment is improving my ability to forgive so there you go there's my answer interesting we got there in the end yeah wow okay (laughs) we were we were just like as as i was listening through your past um your last season answer we were both just like laugh like giggling and like um, (laughs) laughing at it because it just brings back all these memories from the conversation we had but Listening back to yourself from a year ago, Jack, like where do you think yeah. you're at now? And like, you know, what what would you what would you say today? Hmm. Hmm. Um Well, I, I guess the the question is what are a couple of things you'd like to change about yourself and what are direct what directions do you need to take to keep growing, if I can bloody say it. Um one of the things I said at the start was I wanted to get better at bringing up wounds to be able to process them. I wanted to get better at that therapeutic process. 
And mm. I do feel like I've gotten better at that. I do feel like I've become more, um, and I think I've had to because I've just realized there's so much under the surface that I had no idea about. And it's just amazing how the human brain can just um, compartmentalize these things until you're ready to deal with them. And like, because when, you know, when you're a kid, you're just not able to to conceptualize some of this stuff. Um and it's just, it's fascinating the, the way that the brain works like that. And I, I do feel like I am better at doing that now. I'm more comfortable because I feel like, okay, this this is something that I'm just realizing now, I guess, is that at that point, each time something new came up, I felt a little shattered because I felt like great. Like once again, I, I thought that I had more together, but I don't. And like, but now I'm kind of at the point where I don't hold any kind of, ideas that i've got all my, <laughs> my shit together like and so when something new comes up i don't feel that sense of like disappointment i don't feel that sense of like oh i thought i was past this because i know that i'm not um and so when this stuff comes up now it's it, if anything it's just helpful because it's just like well I, I spoke to amelia about this recently there's two different reactions and they're, they're complete opposite of each other the first one is that makes sense and it brings me a sense of comfort like that makes sense mm. i understand that a little bit more about myself that's another piece in the puzzle the other side of me just goes fire out another thing like i'm just exhausted like not from a sense of disappointment but just in a sense of like can i just have a break from like recalling negative memories or recalling like different things of the past that apparently affected me more than i realize like and because it's exhausting, you know, and, and, and it's it's a step forward in a sense because you're like, well, I understand more about myself. But it's also kind of almost a step back because it's like now I've got more to process. Um, but I suppose that very nature is processing um, to, to bring it up in the first place. But in general, that therapeutic process, again, um, is much more smoother, much more smooth now, and I'm much more comfortable with it. I also said I wanted to develop a stronger belief and more positive outlook of myself. Uh, that hasn't happened. Um, I've, I feel like that's probably worse than it was last year, if I'm honest. Um, maybe I have a better understanding of who I am, but I definitely don't believe in myself more or have a more positive outlook on myself. I do at times, you know, I'm getting better at times to acknowledge good things about myself and that's something that I really struggle to do and I'm get I'm getting a bit better at that and Amelia is helping me by sort of encouraging me when I when I do that um to help me like you know point out uh, to, to help just like sort of affirm me when I do that to try and create a positive feedback loop to encourage me to keep doing those those positive habits but um yeah that hasn't worked out how the way that I wanted it to a year ago um mm. This idea of improving myself so that I can better help others, which is what I said. I think that where I was then, that was a, a good goal. Currently, I'm kind of just more focused on improving myself um, just to be able to uh, be the best version of myself and not necessarily thinking of the next step, which is to serve others because... Um, it's hard to balance those two at the same time because sometimes what you do for yourself isn't necessarily the best thing for others and that's tough. But um, sometimes you have to make those tough decisions just to sort of long-term be 
be in a better place and and then be able to serve others more. I know that doesn't really make sense, but I hope you guys can understand what I'm saying. Mm. Um, And the last thing that I said was to get better at forgiveness. And um, I think I've gotten a bit better at forgiveness. Not not way better, but I think I've gotten a bit better at forgiveness, um, like holding on to things less. And I think that that comes from what I was talking about way back at the start when I was talking about a, a bit of detachment. Like I'm much less attached to everything that happens now than I was because, and I think that's partly COVID. COVID's done that to us. It's made us have to detach a little bit from what should happen because nothing that should happen happens anymore. <laughs> so we've had to just accept that like, don't well those of us who want to float instead of sink have just had to to accept that like stop trying to plan for everything because you never know you know you really don't know what's around the corner and you you hope for the best and i i wouldn't say hope for the best expect the worst but you you don't expect anything i guess you just expect to find out when you find out um and i think that ability to lower my expectations of the world has probably helped me lower my expectations of people as well, which is still high. And that's something that I have to look at. Um, and that probably just reflects the high expectations I have of myself. Um, in terms of what I would like to change about myself from this point, I really don't know, to be honest. Mm. Um, I really don't know. That's a really hard question where I am right now. Yeah. I I just want to always be striving to be a better man, but I feel like that that goal has been has had to take the back seat currently, and I feel like I'm really struggling to think about long-term goals for myself um of of who I want to be, which is going to make the next like the the last question really hard um when we get to that, but basically um what I'm currently thinking about is how to operate from day to day um, and how to react when my mental health takes a, a dip um, and how to appreciate when my mental health is good. And that's as simple as things are for me at the moment. It's just a day-to-day existence and it's nothing really more than that. Um, so in terms of what changes I want to make in my life, I want to become better at appreciating things when things are good and I want to become better at um, processing when things go badly. Mm. It's as simple as that. That's a good one, man. Um, David, the next qu- unless you have any comments on that first. No, I think, yeah, just like the last thing you were just sharing, like, I think that's a good good uh, goal to have because like it's on a it's on a more it's on a positive note you know i think like hope mm. and optimism these are words that um you know don't come as naturally to you as it does to me i think i think that's fair to say um yeah but that's definitely fair to say yeah it's um it's good that it's good to hear it coming out of your own mouth, you know. 
it's something that you want to be able yeah, to... Yeah, and, and I guess just what you're saying there, David, is I want to get better at hope again because I, mm. I feel like I've lost hope a lot and I want to get that back and that's so important to me. Mm. Um, I don't really know how at this point, but um, I'm just trying to steady the ship right now, really. And like, mm. if you're if you're to extend that metaphor, as I do love an extended metaphor, sometimes too extended. If like you're you're in a ship, you know, and and it's just completely turbulent out in in the ocean, you're not thinking about getting to where you're going to be going. You're thinking about getting out of the storm, um, mm. and that's where I'm at right now. I'm not thinking about long term. I'm just thinking about how can I steady the ship? How can I get to a place where I'm secure enough that I can spring forward because right now if I tried to spring, I could go anywhere and it might end <laughs> up really bad. So um, I'm trying to find some kind of stability before I'm going to be thinking about where do I want to be in yeah, another year's time because I've got zero clue. Hopefully a better place. All right, David, so question too, so five. Too. Any hurt or anger you carry in your life? And this is your answer from one year ago or anger you carry in your life? Hmm. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. (laughs) No, but um, if I'm straight up... Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Art of Snowbird. (laughs) No, straight up though. um, I don't think I carry any hurt or anger with me right now. Which I think mm. is a positive thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, That's definitely a good thing. Yeah, man. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I guess like for like on the no, on the topic of like forgiveness, I think that's something I've grown to really become good at. Is mm. I, I'm an expert at giving a person the benefit of the doubt, or <laughs> see, I giving am the too. Best, up and um, up to a certain extent, and then I just switch. Yeah. To a, to an extent where I'm like, I try to sell myself a story of why someone has done something to the yeah. point where like, it's like, that, that doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> you know, they're people too kind of thing. So yeah, man, I don't think I hold any anger or hurt towards someone. Because the last person that I've kind of, if I held a hurt from was my dad but i think this year it got really cleared out so Mm. praise god that's your answer pretty damn good what do you say about that same here man (laughs) (laughs) wow like yeah if if you could have just given me the like the question like right now and just say we weren't doing a time capsule i think i would be answering it the same way um dude it's almost like you and this guy are the same person (laughs) (laughs) crazy how similar craziness craziness no um yeah um getting better and better at just letting go you know um Mm. Mm. Don't let something that happened uh, a day um, or two or months or years ago um, affect the present me, I guess. Yeah. 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 And sometimes like, you know, yeah, I don't think I've hit a point in the past year where I couldn't forgive someone or I had something happened where I can't forgive them. But it made me really question and like it was challenging at times like to forgive someone. But I think like with time and 
with prayer, I was able to forgive. So, yeah, as I said last year, praise God. Nice. All right. Well, here's my answer from one year ago. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm a very angry person. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm, I can be frustrated, but I see anger as sort of the next step after frustration. Um, I have been angry in my life, but I think I have let go a lot of that anger. And I think that has come with practicing empathy and just, yeah, working out. Just putting myself in other people's perspectives and trying to see people as humans, like you were saying before, David. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't think I don't think I carry any anger. That's good. Um, in terms of hurt, I definitely carry hurt for sure. Mm. Um, the most obvious example I can think of is in high school. Um, I'm trying to think if I can explain this in a short version of so yeah basically with this with this situation at the end of year 11 um my group decided to kick me out of the group um and I never really found out why they did it and they did it in a way that was strategic and d designed to inflict pain. And that sounds very melodramatic, but if I had, if I were to tell you the whole story, yeah. you'd be able to understand. David has heard the whole story. Um, it's messed up and it's twisted, man. And I still, I still carry a lot of hurt over that. Um, it has continued to affect me even when I didn't think that it was still something that was involved in my life um but just over time i've kind of realized how big of a role it has played so that's definitely some hurt that i carry in my life for sure yeah i'm not sure there is any anger that's the main cause of hurt i think as well as just people drifting off like I've had quite a few relationships in my life which have ended without closure and there's been no kind of conclusion to them and I've just been left to try and figure out what I did wrong and those mm. when they've happened like it's happened a couple times and because it's happened more than once it definitely has caused some hurt and like caused some trust issues as well as some self-confidence issues because I start thinking what's so wrong about me that these people mm. will just leave, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's definitely hurt that I carry. I don't think I'm angry. I don't think I'm angry. Not anymore. So, yeah, that was my answer for any hurt or anger I carry in my or I carried in my life at that point. Mm. Um, mm. I guess, like I said, I'm, I'm really not a very angry person. Not anymore. I, I definitely, there was definitely a time in my life when I was but and and the whole notion of being aggressive like physically especially is just so foreign to me now i'm so much more um i think i think anger when i would get anger uh, ang when i would get anger when i would get angry um that's probably just been replaced by hurt a lot of the time or just frustration but it, like I very rarely bubble up and get to that that space of anger. Like that's such a fiery pit and I just don't tend to fall into that pit anymore, thankfully. Um, 
all the hurt that I mentioned there still existed. I think time is starting to heal those wounds, but I, if it is, it's happening slowly. Um, and I, I feel... Um, justified to feel that way over what happened um because because i i've seen certain people like even my therapist react when i tell them that story and like i have i haven't told it on here and i don't plan to um and i feel justified in the pain that i feel because the horror that i've seen on people's faces when i explain exactly what happened there um makes me feel justified that i'm not holding on to something too long or I'm not blowing it out of proportion. Like I have every right to still um, feel hurt over what happened there. And I don't want to, I don't want to stay hurt, but some things are just really painful and I, I don't think that will ever really leave me. Um, and that's sad that that happened to me, you know, but, but it did. Um, any other hurt? There is more, um, but I, I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it would serve anyone to to go to to talk about it at this stage, um, because it's it would just be so raw and unprocessed. It's not recent stuff, but this is kind of what I'm talking about about stuff rising from the past that um, mm -hmm. I'm picking up on and like little memories coming back and it's just like, whoa, like I've never, like, like you've stared at a picture one way your whole life and suddenly you flip it upside down and you realize it's completely something different. And you're just like, that's why I remember that. Cause something that seems so like just irrelevant, like some memory that seems so like, why can I still remember that? And it's because when you look at it from a different angle, it means so much more or, or such something so different um, and it has an emotional significance and yeah, like just, there's been a lot that I've had to sort of pull up and, um, and just unpack about how it has shaped me and the way that I view me and view others. Um, and it's something that I do really need to continue thinking about because, uh, you know, my, my life isn't just going to pause until I've worked this out sooner or later, I'm going to be, you know, becoming a father eventually. And, and I want to have a lot of this stuff sorted by the time that happens or not sorted, but more sorted, you know, like, um, I don't want to be dripping trauma over my children. Um, and so I want to be able mm. to fix, not fix. See, once again, I mean, I, the word choice I'm showing it, it 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 tells something about the way that I view these parts like I, I, of myself. I need to, I really need to accept them before I try and just like get rid of them because that's what I've tried to do in the past and that's why they get buried and become so difficult to process because, um, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I haven't been loved the way that they need to be loved, those parts of myself. So the only person who can start to do that is myself. Um, so that's, that's a very broad and vague way of answering that question, but I'm not angry, which is good. Um, cause anger That's is good. so good. toxic. Um, mm. but yeah, there, there is hurt there and I, I'm working on it I'm not just letting it sit there and fester. I'm working on it. Um, mm. but yeah, need to sort of work out what it means before I can, um, find closure in it. 
All right, let's move on to our very last question. Question six. Let's go, man. David, I've added one extra part to this, um, and maybe it will just confuse you, but um, I've added just one last question. So the original question is, what type of man do you want to develop into in the future? Any particular characteristics or virtues? How would this show in your relationships? And I've added on one extra question, which is, how can we help one another become this man? Because mm. um, I think that that would be a nice way to to finish off this particular episode. So, nice, and here is your answer from one year ago. It, the first word that comes up is integrity. So I want to be a man of integrity. Um, and when I say that, it's like a man of my words, a man of um, good conduct, a man who doesn't just talk the talk, but walks the walk. <laughs> that mm. sounds so basic right now, but <laughs> um, I get you. Yeah, in in um, in all in all that I do, I think um, I think what I want to see, what I want to see is like, yeah, be, to be a man of my words, a, a man who um, lives the way that lives away, lives my faith, lives um, with good standing with those that are around me and those that I meet. And yeah, and you mentioned leadership, Jack. I think when I think about the man that uh, I want to develop into the future, um, I guess someone who leads his own children well, his own household well. So I want to have a son um, as my first child but I don't get to decide that. But if I do, I think um, I really want to shape. Once I have a boy, I think I'll really pour everything to really disciple that boy into become becoming a great man. I feel like in a lot of ways, the things that I've um, used to hold and be hurt from my own father was the way that he didn't guide me or he mm. couldn't guide me mm. so i want to i want to be different in the sense of really being present with my child or my son and yeah show great leadership in my household yeah mm. it's and interesting I, th I think that would speak to my other relationships as well if i'm leading my house well um loving my wife well um people will be able to see that so that we're not just a safe face and show our best side to other people type of family, but um, yeah, be real outside and yeah. in kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I went like to the future, future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what man develop into. So we think it long term. Yeah. Um, yeah, things don't have a lot to add from that. Maybe, um, um, a new thing that I've been thinking about lately is, uh, I want to grow in like generosity. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, money was never something that was a big, uh, like big obstacle or big thing growing up 
actually growing up i grew up kind of like you know not very wealthy but we're in a much better place now uh but like in terms of my own like now as someone who manages his own finances um and i can see why like people want to hold invest and like buy and like like money is becoming a more real thing you know what i mean so um when i see myself being that way of like thinking money 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 how do i save better blah 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 i guess like i still want to be quite generous in like what i have whether it be money whether it be um material whether it be like my services or what i what i can how i can serve others but um yeah not become so um narrow minded that i only think about myself or <clears throat> my close quarters yeah like yeah that's something and everything else i said before i think that still stays true maybe in the short term yeah in- integrity i think still like i want to always maintain that and uh, generosity and like the question that you or the you added of like how we, how can we help each other um i guess i just need to yeah you you brought up something that like earlier in our convo like that kind of struck me but i think it's true to to an extent cuz like yeah we talk and we share a lot but i guess i don't let you into like more and more of my life there's catch ups for sure but you know the things that i really struggle with the thoughts that i have you know the ups and downs i guess we don't share the in betweens so yeah maybe i just need if to help to have allow you to help me to be better i guess share more of the struggles that i might have and maybe just share with those thoughts and those processes so that um whether you speak something into my life or you just listen i guess um uh, we'll find out but i guess as i share you'll be able to speak into my life so yeah man so how how can we help how can you help me i guess i'll just have to uh share more with you and i think that's something i'm happy to do it's just not something that i've been mindful of i guess yeah which is at? yeah which is my bad i think as well like i think those instances like from like our relationship just our friendship over the years where i'm like yeah i feel really close to jack but you know we we don't i can't say with confidence that we know each other super well up to date and you know keep each other che- in check and stuff like that you know what i mean have accountability yeah. in like wh- what the what we share even if it's on a pod or what we saying like are we doing good like are we on track are we you know are we happy today are we sad like you know these type of things so yeah man like have more real talks i guess like yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's on you like you said that I, I don't think it is either I think it's on both of us like mm. we neither of us really leave our comfort zone very often 
like w- within those conversations. And like, it's crazy because we, we're having a, <laughs> what, two, two and a half hour conversation about like stuff that we're struggling with and all these things and like real deep stuff, right? But I, I suppose it's kind of just what I, we go back to what I was saying before about we tell each other this stuff after it's done and not when we're going through it. Mm. Um, and we both do that to each other. And so I guess the next step is, and I'm kind of skipping my bit because I'm sort of answering the question now, like would be to let each other in as things are happening mm. um, as opposed yeah. to after, you know, to get a text and say, hey, bro, like I'm actually having a pretty hard time with something at the moment. Can I give you a call at some point and we'll chat about it as opposed to like, you know, a month after it's finished, just like, yeah, I didn't have the best month, but thankfully I'm in a better place now. Cause that's how the, that's how the conversations go. We let each other in post. Yeah. yeah that's so know? true. Um, it's true. Yeah. And, and it's not on you, bro. It's on, it's on both of us evenly. Like we, we both do that. So, um, mm. yeah. And unfortunately we don't have our weekly catch up anymore. So, yeah. um, yeah, we need to just make more of an effort, I guess, to mm. make sure we stay in touch as, as much as possible. Yeah. Let's just be better I will friends, answer. I guess. Right, Let's be ahead. better friends. Better friends? Mm. Easy. Yeah, Easy. <laughs> Keep it simple. All right. This is my answer from one year ago. So I think this kind of does link back to what I've learned about myself, question two, and that is that I can be a leader. Um, I think for a long time, especially after what happened with like my group at high school, I just felt yeah. so like isolated and I didn't feel like I could ever sort of live by example or lead by example or lead at all, like whether it was through communication or I don't know. I just felt like, okay, so my life is just going to be sort of drifting through um, hopefully like with a nice blend of just under the radar and then being seen enough to make an impact. But like, I think I've Mm -hmm. kind of come back from that mentality of not being afraid to be seen anymore. Um, And I think recently I've realized, okay, let me take a real hard look at what my like best skills are. And then once I figured out what those are, how can I use those to do what I want to do with my life? Because really what I should be doing and what I guess we should all be doing to some extent is maximizing our impact with the gifts that we've been given. And I'm fortunate enough that one of the gifts I've been giving is communication. And so living under the radar shouldn't be an option for me. I should be someone who's talking about these sort of things, having important conversations with the people in my life and challenging myself as well as the people in my life on how to improve, where to improve, and how to make a difference, not just in my life, but in everyone else's. And I think that kind of ties in with what I've been trying to do this year, which is, you know, like starting to talk about mental health a lot more, starting the self-care project, talking about these Mm. sort of things with you, David, on the Art of Snowpad, and promoting artists, promoting people, and just Mm. like promoting positivity, I guess. Um, Yeah but not being fake with it. Like you said, like not Mm. being that perfect positive guy, being real and being vulnerable and having days like today where I share quite openly that, you know, I'm not having the best day, 
like i'm not having a terrible mm. day today it kind of sounds like i have like a lot of my answers mm. seem really <laughs> really sad and they yeah. are to an extent but i mean i think i think i do feel more positive than than like i sound like today <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i think i think i'm hopeful but i'm realistic where i am now and mm. i think that sometimes we think that if you're hopeful, it means like you can't be bad now. And I I wouldn't say I'm bad, Mm. but I'm just being realistic of this is where I am at the moment, but I I have my my sights set on the future and on the life that I'm going to try and achieve. And I don't think much is going to stop me from trying to achieve that. Yeah. And yeah, I I think, I think I am hopeful of, of where I could go, what kind of impact I could make and, I want to continue to live a life of service and still keep getting involved in, I guess, things like I did the last few days, retreats where I can help serve and help run and speak to, Mm. in this case, young adolescent boys about the things that I've learned in the subsequent years from when, where they are at 17 to five years later at 22, which obviously I'm going to learn a lot more later on in life, but Within those mm. five years, I learned a hell of a lot of lessons. And mm. if I can help guide yeah. those guys so they don't have to learn them the hard way without guidance, which I didn't have too much guidance navigating that region of adolescent manhood, um, mm. then that's a great honor for me to be able to be a part of that process and maybe skip a few of the painful lessons and help them figure it out yeah. how to live the way that they want to be living um, with the few bits and pieces that I've learnt, um, over the years. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Like if I can keep doing stuff like that, keep helping people and, um, keep trying to maximize my own relationships and have a family like you, I can't wait to have a family. It, it's funny for a long time. I was certain that like I wanted to like my ideal gender for my child, um, would be male but recently i think i've definitely swung more towards i want to have a girl um mm, more than anything interesting. um i want to have both but i think Same. i think the one that i'm looking forward to the most is having a girl um yeah i don't they really say know they, why they say is. having a daughter really changes a man mm. and mm, um, softens him up there must be a reason yeah not that i need any more softening up <laughs> Yeah, you'll be too soft. You'll cry at everything. I am kind of worried about that. I'm going to be that parent who just every time his kid does anything, just starts crying. Did you just say thank you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I can't wait to be a a dad and I can't wait to... Same, bro. I can't wait for a lot of things that is going to come with parenthood um, as well as with, you know... Yeah. being a husband and yeah being a man mm. continuing to grow and yeah i think that's a nice way to finish it off um mm. let me just make sure i answered the question properly <laughs> what's up yeah i think i did i think i did answer the question properly um yeah how will it how will it show in my relationships that i'll get better at being there for the people who i care about and that they'll be able to trust me and depend on me and be able to share with me and come to me and talk to me. Um, yeah. 
that's that's the sort of man that I've been striving for all year, really. And I I think I I've I've been that man in glimpses. Obviously, not like the husband or the father, but like kind of embodied that person more and more as the year has gone on. And I've never like been able to be be that person permanently, but I've been able to embody that person from time to time. And I think the distance between the times that I'm being able to embody that person is, has gotten shorter as the year has gone on. So, um, yeah. So that was my answer to the last question. Um, Mm -hmm. So a reminder, the question is, what type of man do you want to develop into the future? Um, Any particular characteristics or virtues? How would you show this in your relationships? And obviously, how can we help one another to become better man, uh, to become this man? And David and I have already talked about that. But um, yeah, Uh, first of all, I really just want to stop putting so much pressure on myself to be something. Um, And that isn't basically related to anything I said in that, in that clip, but that's just something that I was thinking of kind of looking forward to this question. Um, But I said, we should all be maximizing the gifts that we've been given um, to serve others. And that's a real nice sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that a lot. Um, Do I feel like I can do that right now? I don't know. I don't know. The other day for the self-care project, I released a little 15-minute clip um, just sort of talking about where I was. And I received a couple of really lovely messages of people feeling exactly the same way as me in similar positions of uh, creators or um, leaders in what they do. And um, that brought me some sense of peace that even where I am, I can still provide some kind of assistance through my words. Um, Cause I feel like when I'm not in as good place, I just don't feel like I'm particularly helpful. <laughs> mm. um, and I still can influence people um, in a positive manner, even if it's not as many, even if it's not as, um, broader message maybe it only reaches one person in the room instead of 10 but that kind of makes it worth it just the one person um not having any meaningful work has been really tough for me a big part of my job is um yeah like having really meaningful discussions with the young men who attend the school that i work at helping provide them with guidance and support um and helping ensure that they know how important they are and how loved they are and how invaluable they are. Um, And doing that kind of work is not always immediately obvious how rewarding it is, but when you remove all of it, I've definitely felt a sense of, um, a sense of purposelessness for sure. And 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 I've lost a bit of confidence in terms of what I can do in terms of that mentoring role. Um, cause when I'm there, when I'm doing it every day, I, I feel a sense of confidence that I can actually make a difference in my work. 
But when I'm not doing it and when I'm remote, working remote and like I'm doing a lot more of the administrative side of my job as well as when I do talk to boys, it's over Zoom uh, or mm. Microsoft Teams. And so it's, it's just you can't connect with them in the same way um, and you're not getting through to them and you just don't feel like you're making an impact. And I lose a sense of confidence of like, that's when I get the imposter syndrome of like the podcast and stuff. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm clearly like, I don't know. I, I start thinking, who am I to do it? And I forget that I, I have been given a gift of communication, as I said in that in that clip there. Like, I, I've been blessed with the ability to communicate in a way that um, somehow brings good things out of people. Even when I don't know what I'm doing exactly, I'm just speaking and something positive happens. Um, and I don't even know where that ability came from because I didn't, I haven't always had it. Um, it just appeared sort of when I was about 19, it kind of just appeared that I could speak into people's hearts in a way that not everyone else can. Um, and I'm super grateful for the ability to do that because it's made such wonderful connections with people and it's given me such beautiful opportunities where people think that I've given them a lot, but they have given me so much, so much. Um, and without the ability to use that skill, I, I have felt a sense of purposelessness. I have felt like, who am I to, you know, have a podcast about mental well-being? Who am I to be, you know, doing doing all these things? Like, I don't feel like a leader because I, I ask myself, well, why should you be? Um, and one thing I was thinking when I was listening to that snippet and to all these snippets is there's a massive contextual difference here is that where we are in the world right now versus mm -hmm. where we were then. You know, and that makes a big difference. And I think that until this question, it hasn't really sunk into me how big of a difference that makes, particularly for me and where I am right now. Because, you know, like I'm having to, and, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones. I've kept my job and I, I have to, from next, um, from the next school term, I'm only going to be working three days. One day I have to take leave and the other day I'm going to be redeployed, I think, to do manual labor. But like, I'm still getting work, you know? And to me, that's just like, you know, it's, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but it's nothing compared to some people, you know, and like I have to constantly remind and also caveat that I'm in a really fortunate place. Um, but at the same time, I'm not able to do the work that makes me feel alive, makes me feel passionate, makes me feel confident that I can make a difference. And that's what's so important to me that I can do that. Um, and so in that sense, I want to grow into a man to finally answering the question i want to grow into a man who is able to be considerate towards himself more considerate more compassionate to acknowledge circumstance and say look stop comparing yourself to when it's bloody you know 28 degrees in the sun and um everything's you know sunshines rainbows puppy dogs like you're you've just had a couple of awesome sessions with some young men and you feel like you're doing a really good job. You don't have to wear a mask. Like you're walking around free, not having to check yourself into Woolies every time you go in there, like all this stuff, like, like I, and I'm, they're trivial, but they add up, you know, they, they get under your skin and, and it's not fair for me to be comparing myself to, to that guy who doesn't have to do that stuff, you know? And that goes for everyone. That goes for everyone, like being able to acknowledge that right now we are in a really difficult place in the world and it's unfair of us to be judging ourselves 
based on the standards we had out of this world. Um, and I think that as a live reaction, I'm actually getting a lot of comfort listening to um, the disparity between my reactions to these questions now and a year ago. That's bringing, not that we weren't in any COVID environment back then, but it's very different to where we are now. And I'm actually getting a bit of comfort to go, you know what, of course my answers aren't as quite positive. They're not as hopeful because I haven't been in, been in the world. We haven't been in the world. Um, and I haven't been able to do the work that, that I thrive in. So, yeah. Um, to continue on this question, any particular characteristics or virtues? I just want to continue to emphasize the ones I already have. I want to continue to live out my values. As I said, I don't want them to change. I think they're good values and I want to be able to just embody them in every aspect of my life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm engaged now. I'm engaged to my fiance, Emilio. Um, and that means that I'm going to be a husband soon. Mm. And so there's no longer this idea of, well, when I'm a husband, it's like, it's now just, it's, it's coming. <laughs> so if I want to be, you know, and to me, like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, well, now I'm a husband, so I have to act a certain way. No, I, like I view it the same as being fiance, same as being a partner, like doesn't matter. Mm. You know, like I, I would endeavor to treat her in the best way possible, no matter what. But I, I, that the next step after husbandry is not that that's the right word. Husbandry means something <laughs> husbandry. else. The next step after being a husband is to be a father. Um, for me, at least in my journey, and that's not the next step for everyone. Um, and that's what I hope the next step will be, but I have no certainty over that either. Um, but I need to, I, I need to start looking at these things and saying, you know, and I have been for a while. I've been reading about fatherhood since I was about 21. Um, because, I've been prepping for this because this is like Whoa. the biggest purpose I think I'll ever have in my life is to be a dad. Um, the greatest purpose, I should say, not the biggest, the greatest. Mm. Um, and the toughest one too, most likely. So I, I hope that in all my relationships as a father, as a husband, as a leader, if I can be that, that... Um, I will be authentic and I will be honest and I will be truthful and I will be open and I will be empathetic, generous, compassionate, all these things that I value so highly. I just want to embody them. And I know I'm not always going to, I know I'm going to slip up, but that's what I strive for. Um, and regardless of how much I slip up, that's never going to take away that, that goal to be that man as much as I can be. Um, and if I am, then, well, that's, that's a good man, I think. Mm. Nice. Nicely said, as I said a year ago for the previous <laughs> question. So, David, we've been talking for quite some time now. Um, yeah. I think this would probably be the longest episode to date, two and a half hours. Yeah, um, wow. Wow. This has been a trip down memory lane. Um, mm. And it's been 
it's been positive for both of us, I think. And I think I made some good realizations towards the end there. I enjoyed my sixth answer. That was the one that I was happy with above all of the others. Um, mm. I was Part of me was dreading this because I felt like my answers would be all kind of less optimistic than last year's. And I didn't want to feel like I was taking a step back in every part of my life. Um, but some of those things in the last answer that I was sort of talking out loud and just sort of making mm. sense of definitely helped me feel more comfortable with where I'm at now versus a year ago. Um, cause nice, it, it is just a completely different context. Yeah. So I hope you receive some kind of, um, what do you, how, how you say, how, how say you, <laughs> how you say, uh, I don't know. Closure. Well, I don't know. Some peace, so, something positive from, from this mm. conversation as well. Yeah, definitely, man. I think it was a bit trippy at times because I'm like some of the answers were kind of uh, recycled but at the same time I think I learned a bit about a bit more about myself um mm. I think the whole chat in itself um was wholesome yeah yeah it was, it was really wholesome <laughs> sweet man thank you brother um thank you brother do a virtual um virtual handshake virtual handshake Go. Yeah, there you go. All right, see ya. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining. Um, whether you're listening on the Artist Notepad or on the Self Care Project, thank you so much for joining. Um, and in terms of the Self Care Project, um, there is plans for a season three, very early plans. So I want to Ooh. anyone who maybe was concerned from my last message that that um, this would be the end. Um, there Not is currently today. plans in, in the works for, for next year to start of next year. Hopefully we'll be, we'll be hearing some more from the self-care project. Um, and as for the artist notepad, it's just still at this point, an extended hiatus We're we're not sure we would love to come back and I'm sure we will definitely do little bits here and there. Um, maybe if something big happens in our lives just to catch up and have a chat, um, or if an awesome album comes out that we both yeah. love, maybe we'll catch up to have a chat about that or something like that. But it, mm. it's definitely going to be far more sporadic at the moment until we have more of a permanent idea of where we want to take this. Um, so thank you guys for your patience and thank you for all the support you give us on both these podcasts. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that David and I had today and the answers that we had. And I encourage you guys to maybe try something like this with a friend or family member that you have. You know, you can use these six questions or you can use any questions that you you want to use and just really practice, you know, really opening up with each other and being as open and honest as possible. Um, And, you know, obviously with someone you trust and yeah, show them the the parts of you that maybe you don't show very many people because it's a special experience. And I hope it was special listening to us do the same. David, do you have anything to add before we wrap this one up? I just want to say same here. That's it. <laughs> no, no, but I think like it's important to have these type of conversations, man, where you just slow down and just listen, uh, slow down and just open up. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. all I just want to say. But thanks guys right. for tuning in for sure. I hope we can Thank catch you, you guys soon. I hope so too. And as we do on the Artist Notepad, um, we'll end with peace. Peace.